Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. To the far side. They in the middle. They shoot. Score! Wide open was Brandon Saad. Losing a one nothing lead. 2-0. They score! They come right in off the next draw. And find Pavel Butchnevich in the middle. 2-0 St. Louis. The Islanders bring it up and dump it into the St. Louis zone. Defended well by Pareko. Cleared by Letty. Thomas with a head of steam. Gets it over the line. It's the trailer. Kyrou to the far wing, they score! Butch Navich, two in a hurry. And the St. Louis Blues have made it 3-0 with 14.50 to go here in period number two. Let's get nasty on a Friday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis. Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. 203, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. You heard Chris Kerber on the call last night. Blues Radio Network as uh, the Blues take down the Islanders in convincing fashion. Take that, Eastern Conference version of the Blues. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Jordan Biddington was disgusting last night. Started off in the first period with a couple of massive saves. Uh, It continued throughout. Obviously, gets the shutout. I don't know where the Blues would be. Actually, I do. I know where the Blues would be without Jordan Bennington. They, Jamie, you kind of illustrated this yesterday. They they wouldn't be close to a playoff spot. No. It's not just last night. Jordan Bennington has been outstanding for the Blues this season. I know he's had games that have been up and down. I know the most recent one was, was in Asheville. He struggled. Oh, he didn't struggle. Okay. But he's had he's had some he bad hasn't games. Struggled he's allowed since to mid December. He's he's allowed to have one or two games that get away from him. One or two periods that, that get away from. Him. Otherwise, Jamie, this this guy has been outstanding. And last night was just a showcase of his ability. Yeah, he's. I mean, he is as dialed in as I've seen him in his entire time here. That includes 2019, because although he had a, an incredible run in 2019, you know the team was better. It was a better team in front of them. Now, this is a solid team that's still trying to figure out their game, but they're nowhere near the 2019 team, or else we'd be talking about Stanley Cup contender. And mm-hmm. We're not right now. We're talking about, you know, being a playoff team. Yeah. So, but just Jordan Bennington, it's the timely saves that makes it the big, that makes the big difference. Look at the, the game against the Oilers. Zach Hyman had two prime scoring chances, and he was denied both times by Jordan Biddington. Yep. What happened last night? Kyle Palmieri, same situation. Same friggin' spot on the ice. Mm-hmm. Denied twice by Jordan Biddington in tight. And you knew then at that point that it was going to take a lot to get one past Jordan mm-hmm. Biddington, and they never did. He just kept having an answer for everything. 
Uh, whether it was breakaways, which the Blues gave up three for that matter, uh, two on one to give a couple of those two. One uh, on none. One on none. Yeah, the backdoor <laughs> tap ins, all that. Nothing beat Jordan Bennington last night. And this is why I look at this team is one, as a playoff team, but two, as a threat for an upset in the first round. Yeah. Because if Jordan Bennington puts games together like that, all he has to do is put four of them together in a row, mm-hmm. and the other team's done. If Very they true. can't score, Anthony, they can't win. Very it's true. how that works. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's you got to score yourself as yeah. well. But That's and why it, defense matters. And it helps when you score a three in 32 it, it seconds. It does help <laughs> a lot. Yeah. The D always matters, yeah. Anthony. Well said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, Jordan Bennington stood on his head last night. When you're talking about that was a perfect example of what you've been talking about the entire time. When you have a Jordan Bennington playing at the level that he's playing, you can steal a series. You can win a series because that was spectacular last night. That was <laughs> There were some saves that you're like, oh. Now, there was one, as you talked about the Palmieri one, where it's better to be good, better to be lucky than good because that one slid right behind him, and fortunately it didn't go he in. He had the angle, Kerry. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but so when you – it's a, it's amazing. I'm sure you, you can attest to this. When, when you're doing really well, good things tend to happen for you. And when you're playing really poorly, it's like everything bad happens to you. So he got lucky on that one. But all in all, he made some outstanding saves, did an outstanding job. His teammates picked him up because they were able to score, as you said, thir- three goals in 32 seconds. Yeah. That was saw Jordan Kyrou making some really good plays, doing some really good things. And it was a it was a good game. Like they did outstanding last night. And and that's what you want to see from this team. You're not, probably not going to get three goals in that short a span uh, every game, but putting pucks on nets, making making big plays and doing your job consistently is what you need to see from this team. When this team, when their best players are playing, they're the best guys on the ice, this is a playoff team and a scary playoff team. Now the Blues, they got into some penalty trouble, but they did a great job special teams and they went one for five on the power play, but they still scored a power play goal and that's what really drove the offense. You end up scoring two more goals after that. I thought Jordan Bennington did a great job keeping the Blues in the game for the most part up until that point, and then the, and then the offense took over. Yeah, it did. And, you know, you, you talk about the best guys being the best players on the ice, and Marsha, you're right. When Robert Thomas, that line, can play to their potential, and you've got your goaltender playing to their potential, and you've got guys like Pareko and Letty with great games on defense as well last night, that drives a team. It really does. And, you know, we're going to get into a lot more aspects of things from last night, in particular Jordan Cairo. We're going to dive into his performance. But, man, when those guys play like that, it's eye-opening. It really is. But you still have to pump the brakes a little bit because it took up until halfway through the second period mm-hmm for them to figure it out. And it took up until halfway through the second period of Jordan Bennington standing on his head mm-hmm. to let you get to that spot. And I think that's like Drew, Drew Bannister had said halfway through the game. He's like, well, I'm not entirely thrilled. Like, it's nice that we're we're finding it now, but it took a little bit longer than I wanted it in order for us to get here. So Pavel Buchnevich, he scored the three goals last night, got the hat trick. Buchnevich extended the Blues lead to 2 nothing early in the second period before adding a second goal just 25 seconds later. Then had the wrister. That was the one that was that was the wrister from the circle. Buchnevich completed the hat trick with the, the backhanded shot there from the boards uh, for the empty netter to cap off the victory. The 28-year-old winger now has five goals and six points in his last four contests. He's up to 22 goals and 46 points through 54 games this year. So you want to trade him, huh? 
<laughs> you got the other half Get of out. the people right now nah. that are saying, yeah. oh, this is perfect. Trade him now. Value's yeah. higher than ever. Nah. Okay, but why? Right. Like, Teams just, know what he can do, too. They already they're, know. They're not going to be fooled by either one great game like last night or one bad game if there's one you know, to come. No. They know and, what he is. And uh, let's also not forget it was Zach Bolduke's first NHL game last night. Yeah, what'd you think? You know, look, at, here's what I loved about it is it's always fun seeing a guy get his first game. And he goes out for the rookie lap, as they call it. He had so much excitement in his face and I had the opportunity to talk to him just the pregame little interview by the bench. And you could tell he, had, he was nervous and he's energetic. And I thought it was great the way Drew Bannister deployed him throughout the game. It's not that he sheltered him, but he sheltered him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. You know, no need to take the young man and just throw him in the deep end and say, right. oh, here you go, figure it out. <laughs> and anytime there was a neutral zone face-off or defensive zone face-off, uh, he put Kapanen with Shen and Neighbors to start the, the, the shift, or he'd shift it or he'd swap to where Bolduke would then play with Hayes and Saad, and then the next shift he'd play with Shen and, and neighbors, and at the end of the game, he gave him a little bit more ice time when the game was out of reach, and then he let him play on the power play for the last minute and 10 seconds or whatever. I think it was great. Let the young man get his legs under him. You could clearly see how fast he was. <laughs> Two, three hard strides, and that kid is he's on top of the check or he's away from it, one of the two. And so when he figures out exactly how to use his speed at the NHL level, he could potentially be a very dangerous player. And one thing he did last night that I thought was very exceptional is he closed guys out quickly. You could tell he he had really put some thought into playing on the defensive side of the puck. And when he did play defense, he was quick, angled guys out, forced them to make plays fast. And that's all you can ask from a guy. Yep. That's all you ask of any of your forwards is, you know, force the other team to make a play that they don't desire. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, he ended up drawing that penalty that led yep. to that yeah. power play goal, too. So, right. obviously not spectacular offensively. Maybe, like, some fans were hoping that he would – Anthony, you were hoping he would score his first goal last I night was. for certain Preferably reasons. For selfish first. reasons. Yeah. But he drew the penalty. <laughs> and then It's for me on. and him, though. I mean, it's for me and, and Zach. It was yeah. for both of you. Yeah, yeah it was. So, more, there's no – More for you. Way more. Well, I don't know. His first NHL goal would be pretty big. Yeah, yeah but, yeah. you know, well, yeah. here's, here's my, he didn't pick him, Anthony he wasn't thinking that way. That, exactly. Yeah. Here's my question to you guys. <laughs> like, if he would have scored the second goal, like, you, would maybe you, yeah, you would you have been excited? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> here's my question for you guys. Why would you want to rob him of that moment last night? That, that I guess, is my question. No, we, for didn't. You. we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. That was a it solid question like by Marsh, though. In fact, yeah, I, was, like I was hoping he'd score on that power play to make it 5 nothing. I'm sure you would have been just as excited. Correct. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> All right, the uh, the Blues will take on the Red Wings tomorrow early. Mm. Jamie, you on that call? Is no. That a national call. That's a national call. So you have to wake up early, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be so to sleep in. Yeah, to like there you seven thirty. Nice. Hey, they just beat the the Avalanche two to one. The Red Wings are on Red a bit of a, a run here. Fire. Yeah, we watch. We got a, a chance to watch them on on President's Day when they were on. Uh, right after the Blues on ESPN, and they were playing the Kraken, and they they're they're a good young team. They play they play hard, so it's going to be a fun matchup tomorrow between the Blues and the Red Wings. The Cardinal way, what is it? Lance Lynn was asked that, and he had a pretty good response to it. We'll get into that next on one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred One ESPN. 
often had conversations about the Cardinal Way and what does the Cardinal Way mean to you? What does it mean for the team? Uh, guys, I don't know how you feel, Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, but when it comes to the Cardinal Way, I've always viewed it as playing playing the game a certain way, specifically playing it hard, playing the hard nine, like Tony LaRusso would often talk about. You know, doing the fundamentals, making it difficult on the on the opponent, kind of suffocating them a little bit, waiting for them to make an error and pouncing on it. Like that's like playing the game the right way to me has always been the quote unquote cardinal way. Do you guys see it the same way? Or do you have a different viewpoint on it? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that it's pretty much the same. I think that all, just like all things, you know, the culture or the cardinal way or the patriot way or the blues way or whatever you want to call it, it's always ever evolving. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to end up with different eras of players who act differently. Like Stan Musial is quite different than Tommy Edmond. It's just, you know, I'm just using two guys from obviously two completely different eras. So I think the Cardinal way has to continue to evolve with the way the game of baseball is evolving and also the way the modern athlete is evolving. But I think the core values of what you want to call the Cardinal way is going to be the the hard work, the dedication, the compete, and representing the logo to the best of your ability at mm-hmm. all times, on and off the field. Yeah, that's a good one too. That that to me is the you know the four pillars right there. When you're looking to build an organization, you have to have guys that are proud to wear the logo, and absolutely at no point do they want to ever disgrace the logo in any way, shape, or form. And then you have to have that compete, you have to have that hard work, and you have to have that dedication. If yeah. you've got a guy, if you've got a player that has those four things or willing to do those four things, you can work with everything else. I can handle personality. I can handle, you know, a, a guy that maybe walks to the beat of his own drum a little bit as long as he's valuing those pillars for our franchise. For me, it, it's the cardinal way and how I understood it or, or understand it is about winning championships. That first and foremost, and then everything else takes care of itself. I think a lot of times players, and and this is at all levels and in all different organizations, sometimes they begin to focus on themselves, failing to realize if we win championships, everybody generally starts to get paid and starts to be, you know, perceived in a different light. It's about because at at some point you're the only show on 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 TV, everyone's watching. Oh, this guy is really good. Oh my goodness, you may not have seen him. Because he, he's in a different market. But when you go further along in the playoffs and now you're the only two teams playing in a, in a World Series, everyone's watching. So for me, it was always about winning championships and getting yours along the way. In Pittsburgh, there was a saying amongst us, you're either going to win championships or you're going to get paid. You're probably not going to do both here. And that was the understanding. We're going to win championships and everyone understood. There are going to be some guys that get both. You know, Ben is going to get paid and he's going to win a championship. But all of us aren't going to get paid and win championships. So which one do you want more? And that was the mindset that we kind of went through. We want to win championships. So it's about that. And I think maybe that's what got lost along the way because it's it's natural to start thinking about, man, I got to get this contract. Man, I got to, I got to perform. Oh, man, arbitration is coming. Oh, man, I'm about to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to make myself – relevant so that I can get paid and I think that that's when you start to see the the cardinal way kind of break and I think maybe that's what kind of maybe that's what took place over the last few years Lance Lynn was asked about the cardinal way and what it what it means this is audio is courtesy from KSDK and his his answer is kind of interesting 
Uh, you know, the Cardinal Way has changed over years, to be honest with you. Um, when I first came up, the Cardinal Way was about winning. Uh, it was about only thing that mattered was taking care of your teammates, uh, making sure that on the field that you were doing everything you can to help the team win and your own personal goals uh, didn't matter. Um, so I think over time, things kind of get uh, go in a gray area. And the reason why I came back is, you know, they wanted to go back to the time when we won a lot. Um, obviously, last year wasn't what they wanted. Um, this year, they brought back guys that want to win and they want to, you know, make their mark of about winning. That's who they are. So, uh, you know, that's the best way to uh, teach the Cardinal way is show up and, and figure out how to win games and do things the right way. It's interesting that he says the Cardinal way has changed over the years. Should it? I how, know. How did it? Right. Be my question. He mentioned it used to be about winning and, and protecting your teammates. And then he mentioned last year. Well, they didn't do that at all. No. <laughs> so if that's if that's what it was about, maybe bringing in Lance Lynn and Matt Carpenter and even Kyle Gibson, who didn't play here, but a guy that has been a well-respected veteran, Sonny Gray, same deal. Maybe bringing those guys back in, they're trying to recapture that. Oh, clearly. You know, trying clearly. to specifically say, hey, have your teammates' backs. Do it. Do it this way. I don't know if you're good enough to win in today's climate in Major League Baseball, but at least that's that's going to be the goal. But yeah, they're trying to they're trying to recapture the Cardinal way. Yeah, they're totally trying to do that. That's the number one thing that I thought of when they brought back all the recycled parts. Yeah, is they're bringing back what they once were. Why are they doing that? Because they've lost their way. Mm-hmm. It's a bottom line. And Anthony, we talked about it several times. Carrie, you were here too. I talked about an overcorrection. Of the culture because of what they've let it ha- what they've let it become, and this is why you've got guys like this back here now. This is why you're willing, as a franchise, to take on maybe some players that are older, maybe a player and in Matt Carpenter that may or may not contribute a lot on the field yeah. as far as his actual playing time, but it might pay dividends to have him around the clubhouse and with the younger guys and just kind of rebuilding this culture you know what's interesting though they better hope this was the problem because solving the wrong wrong problem will be the oh, most this, significant reason <laughs> for, 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 no, for no change right if they pick the wrong door exactly this is terrible if they believe if they believe that this this is the problem that needs to be solved and it's not the real problem that will be the, the the most significant reason why real change will not occur for well, the Cardinals. And also, if they try to fix this problem, maybe it's not that they're the wrong; it's the wrong solution. But what if it just doesn't work? What if bringing all these guys in and all this leadership and their culture and the, the Cardinal way and it just doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Now what? Well, I, it's going to be really bad. Not, not great. Maybe not 91 games lost bad, but it could still be really bad. And I think, you know, as men, as teammates, what they did last year is is there's no words for it in terms of what they did to Wilson Contreras and how they tried to spin it and made it seem like the media was overblowing it. No, you all left that man out to dry. The pitchers weren't calling the correct, weren't weren't throwing the correct pitches or in the correct location, and you blamed one person and made it seem like it was all blown out of proportion. As a teammate, it, that's inexcusable, in my opinion, <clears throat> and I don't think that that is the cardinal way. That is not what you would assume that a good or that's what bad organizations do, bad teams do, and so maybe 
that's why you said they brought those guys back. So someone can say, hey, no, 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 no. We don't do that here. Whatever my mom used to tell me, what you say in the house stays in the house. Like, we don't discuss outside what we discuss in here. And so the Cardinals didn't do that. They let all of their information get outside of the clubhouse, outside of the house, and everybody knew their dirty business, their dirty laundry. And and that can't happen. So hopefully, maybe that this is a bit of an overcorrection. I don't know how much Lance Lynn is, is going to provide in that area. I, I don't know him personally. I don't know him as a teammate, but maybe the Cardinals feel like he is the one that can help in that, that Matt Carpenter is the one that can have, help in that. But if it's not just that, mm-hmm. then you are correct. It's going to be a long season, and it is going to be a huge problem again because not only do you have to fix that part, you also got to play well, and they didn't play well. Right. Often last year. And their their cardinal way and all this stuff will be tested big time yeah. if they don't play well. Correct. Because it's easy to, to win games and be like, yeah, it's part of the it's cardinal, cardinal way. way. Right. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're all we're back on board. But you lose five, six, seven in a row, and you're not feeling all cardinal way not that much all. anymore. Yeah. You know, it's what more difficult. Doing? Yeah, it's more difficult in those <laughs> situations to kind of st- toe the mark at that point. Let's get listeners involved. What do you think the problem is? Do you think the Cardinals have solved one of their problems and one of the problems was they've lost the Cardinal way and acquiring these guys or bringing them back in was the right was the right solution or is there a bigger problem? A bigger problem that the Cardinals have yet to fix. Leave us a mic drop. You can do it on the 101 ESPN app. It's free. Leave us a mic drop. What is the the problem? Is it the Cardinal way, or is it something else? Again, you can leave us a mic drop, and we'll get to that at some point here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We have What's Trending next. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals.
Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, and Carrie Davis. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, Major League Baseball, they've turned into a high-velocity, max-effort type game. Well, it looks like baseball is bringing the junk back, gentlemen, but maybe not in the way that uh, that you think. Unfortunately, did you happen to see some of the photos that were circling around the internet <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> not that junk. Hmm. Yeah. Different type of junk. Ah, I Different did type. See that. Are you talking about uh, maybe some huevos rancheros being? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Some uh, Liberty Bells. Some Liberty uh, Bells. It's not a good look. Twigs and giggleberries. Not a good look. I mean, what are we doing here? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. This was an. This has been an awful offseason for Major League Baseball, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just awful. You have all the top top free agents going to one team. You're 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 way too top heavy, and then you unveil these uniforms that have been an absolute joke. Some of the players don't. Most of the players don't like them. Some have said, "Yeah, no, they breathe better and all that stuff." But we talked about yesterday. You get the see through pants. So the shirts that are tucked in look like crap. Mm. You're probably seeing way too much. Probably. We're definitely seeing way too much. You, you've got, you know, unfortunately, some some TV companies going through, one TV company going through bankruptcy. Like, this this has been a disaster of an offseason for Major League Baseball. You still have multiple guys, Cody Bellinger, Blake, Blake Snell, and Jordan Montgomery, that don't have teams, and we just had our first spring training game yesterday. This is awful. This may, this, how do you how do you fix that? If you're MLB? you have to become self aware. If you're Major League Baseball, you have to become self aware. And I don't think that'll ever happen. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think there's always been a, an air of supremacy for Major League Baseball because you know it's 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 the national pastime. We are who we are. All this stuff. It's past they, its time. They've always been slow to make changes. <laughs> They've always been slow to make, you know, they, they, they always hold their fans prisoners with the with the blackouts, not having a cap, not having a floor. But they changed the rules. They changed the bases. When did Anthony? they do that? Last year? They want people Two years more ago involved. they implemented that? More stolen bases. No more shifts. More hits. Yeah. More runs being scored. More junk, Anthony. More junk. Well, maybe. Uh, All right. Not a great look at all. Is there a way for Major League Baseball to like get out of this contract with Fanatics? I have no idea. Yeah. I like don't if know. your product is not up to snuff, we can get out of this contract. Probably not. I mean, if you're FanDuel, if I'm fan, not FanDuel. Uh, <laughs> we love FanDuel. We love FanDuel. <laughs> if, if I'm Fanatics, I want to make sure that I do the right thing. This this goes back to who who was it back then? It was a Tylenol, the infamous uh, drug company in the eighties. Mm-hmm. They had they had somebody that was uh, messing with their products. Okay, like somebody was was you know poisoning their product, oh. and people were either getting sick or dying from mm-hmm. it. And I believe it was Tylenol. They pulled pulled all, all of their their products off the shelves, all of it. And obviously that was a massive loss for them, but. They they did the right thing. Yeah, somebody's tampering with this. We got to make sure that it's that it's that our product is safe. They pulled it off the shelves and made sure that when they 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 you know they made they uh, remanufactured it. Mm-hmm. They remanufactured the drug. 
in everybody was safe again. And I felt everybody felt confident in the product. If I'm fan, if I'm uh, fan, uh, fanatics, geez, I keep trying to say handle. <laughs> if I'm fanatics, I'm going to do the same thing. Fanduel, this is not right. Fanduel will do it correct. Yeah. If they made jerseys, they would do it correct. <laughs> That's my thought, at least. I don't know. I mean, if you're Major League Baseball. First thing, I mean, whenever you're in a leadership position, you know everyone is not going to agree with everything that you do. But I don't think that see-through pants should be one of those things that uh, you you kind of, yeah, some okay, some are Nah, that's not a good look. You know, and, and you talked about the, the offseason and how the Dodgers signed everyone, and so they are the only team that's going to win the, the World Series this no, year. No, 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 no. That's no. what you said. No, I didn't. You did. You said no, the one team signed every player. I, didn't I did, you say that? I did say one and team. And that they would win the World Series because of I did not say it. they would no win the World Series. the Padres 14-1 to 1 yesterday. What? I did not say they would we win the saw, World Series. Well, no. I, what I'm saying is the league is top-heavy. Yeah, you said that they you, signed oh, everybody they, for they, a billion dollars and that they were going season. to beat mm-hmm. every team like they did the Padres in spring training. I did not You're adding some stuff. Context clues. I thought that's what I heard. You heard half of it. Then you made up the other half. The well, Phillies, the Phillies signed everybody two years ago, and the and last year, some respect. The Rangers did. They were the Rangers were at. They won a World the Series. So like, you're making my point. You only have a couple of you only have a couple of teams. Yeah, the Braves won a World Series. The Phillies went to a World Series. The Rangers won a World Series. Now the Dodgers will. You didn't. And isn't that what he said, Marsh? It was something along okay. the lines of Probably, that. I, yeah, it sounds something familiar. like the Dodgers are what a juggernaut. Yeah. They are juggernaut. Letting the I'll junk hang out and doing all the things they need to do. Every team in baseball is letting their junk hang out. <laughs> Thanks to these uniforms. Junk hang out. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I don't know. Am I crazy to look. think that no. this was a bad, this was a terrible offseason for Major League Baseball? Not at all. This no. is, you know what? This though? is a, this is embarrassing for Major League Baseball. We're talking about it though. I feel like Major League Baseball. Is it bad press is good press, right? In this case, I, I'm not so sure it is. We are talking People about are actually it. talking about baseball though. They are. They're are not we talking, talking about, about the NFL draft? I mean, the NFL draft or the combine that is on, you know, coming up. We're not talking about that. We're talking about baseball and practice. When the league year officially, the new league year starts in the NFL, which is what two weeks from now, and you have so. free agency open up. It's March, it's like March fifteenth or yeah, something. Yeah. Everybody will talk about the NFL. Uh. Because you, we'll be you have players, you have players actually signing. Blake with Snell teams. still waiting on a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a bad look, and you know it. Cody I can Bellinger. see, I can see it in your face. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's not great at all. When some of your best players are not don't have a team, and it's that's a just, weird. It's that's a weird, just one missed up. All season is weird in baseball. Like, they don't. It, it's like I said yesterday. They in basketball and in football, it's almost like those contracts are signed as soon as the league year starts. Twelve oh one a.m. It, you get you're getting news across the scroll and 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 on ESPN. It's not the same in baseball. It just no. kind of stra- it's kind of like the game, just drags along at times. It just you capital if you're the NBA, you're the NFL. You capitalize on the momentum of the calendar, the NBA trade deadline, the NFL draft, the NFL free agency, even hockey, hockey trade deadline. You capitalize. On the momentum, depending on what month it is. And your fans can go to the trade deadline knowing that there's going to be action. In Major League Baseball, you don't know. And which is why I keep saying Major League Baseball is not self-aware. They don't, they don't operate for the fans. 
I don't know if they even operate for the players half the time. Clearly, they're not. No. <laughs> not at all. Go ahead, Marsh. Everyone's talking about Major League Baseball. No one's talking about the NFL, Anthony. Okay. NFL salary cap rises $30.6 million <laughs> to record $255.4 million per team. Dan Graziano, senior NFL national reporter, wrote on ESPN. The NFL announced today that its salary cap for the 24. Uh, for the 2024 season will be a, a record 20 or 255.4 million per team, a stunning 13.6% increase over last year's cap. It's pretty good. So the NFL is expanding its cap so teams can be more active in free agency. They can they can spend or they can spend to retain their own players. Mm-hmm. And that's what they'll do. They're not you're not going to see hold on to it. half the league hold on to their their cap space because <laughs> they're not going to hold on to a bigger profit and make more money. No, they won't have a good product, will they? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Can't just. Uh, what is it? 255 million. Is that what you said, Marsh? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And and they're going to spend 180 in pocket. You know, we'll hold on to this. Yeah. We'll use that for later. We'll sign one guy <laughs> to a one year deal. <laughs> Tell our fan base that he's the difference maker. And we're trying to win. And we're trying to win a championship. All right. What happens when you bring in three one-year deal guys, (laughs) Anthony, that have veteran leadership? Good call. There you go. Did they they want to be there or not? That's that's the only question. What are you talking about? Always the main question you have to ask. Did they want to be there? Did they want to be there? Mm -hmm. Because if they did, then that's when you bring them. And if not, then you're probably going to lose. Was last night the best version of the Blues, or do they have even more to give? We'll give. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It happened pretty quick, uh, but obviously worked out well for us. Uh, put them in a, a difficult, difficult position and, and kind of chasing the game from there. But uh, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't like the way we played after that. Uh, I thought we got caught in a track meet, um, and we just, you know, when we're in a game like that, um, we just we got to be more disciplined with how we manage our game. That was Blues interim head coach Drew Bannister following last night's victory over the Islanders. And that's kind of interesting. He said, you know, yeah, I like like the outcome certainly, but there's a lot there's still certain there's still certain aspects of our game that we need to improve upon. With Jamie Rivers and Kerry Davis and Anthony Stoltzer. So the question is, was that the best version of the Blues last night, or do they still have more that they can not accomplish, but more that they can give, so to speak, within their game? Oh well, it might have been the best ver- version of Jordan Bennington. But if that's the best version of the Blues, we're in trouble. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Bottom line. I mean, you gave up, what, 10 or 11 high-danger scoring chances to the other team. You gave up you know, the breakaways. You had missed opportunities on power plays. You went one for five, but you still, apart from that, you know, you didn't accomplish what you wanted. Right. Uh, and there were some in- inconsistencies in their game as well, but that's what happens. In, in any sports, is the other team's there to throw a wrench into what your game plan is, mm-hmm. and they're there to impose their will upon you with their game plan. So, but no, is this the best version? No, not even close. I mean, it can't be. If this is the best version, forget about it. Like, order the tea times now. We're done. Hmm. I guess it's a good thing following a 4 nothing victory. It is. But Drew Bannister's being honest when saying, like, they scored in bunches there, and obviously it was to their advantage, and you'll take it. But apart from that, like the rest of the game, 
was probably more tilted for the Islanders as far as scoring opportunities mm-hmm. are concerned. Yeah, true. Is and, it, and that's why Bennington had to come up with so many big it, saves. Gary. Why he looked spectacular yeah. because there were so many, I guess, high, high dangerous opportunities right in front of him that made that he made, which you're like, ooh, that is amazing. But then you think about it, you're like, well, he shouldn't even have to make those saves. <laughs> if your goalie's the first star, <laughs> he made a lot of really big saves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what we talked about when your safety has 15 tackles. Like, yeah. oh, he's, he had a hell of a game. No, he shouldn't no, have. He, he didn't. Had- he, he made a lot of tackles. Lost. The guys in front of him didn't didn't yeah. block, didn't didn't get the guy on the ground. Running back at a seven point zero <laughs> yards per carry average. It's not great. We still won, but yeah. we don't we don't want to have him making all those tackles. So yeah, I think that's probably when you're when you're Drew Bannister, you're looking at it, looking at it from a broad perspective and saying, yeah, great game, we won, got four goals, you know, three in the in the second period in a short time span. But all in all, we still need to be better in this area. We were talking about the uh, the one on none. Uh, breakaway, and you were explaining it to me how the defensemen were trying to get off the ice because they were yeah. on there so long. I think Sonny had forced them into the corner, but didn't pressure him long enough to allow the defensemen to get off, and he was gassed. He was the thing I've learned watching hockey now because you've told me when guys are gassed, is how slowly they move. <laughs> oh, and their knees don't bend. <laughs> <laughs> he was dragging his you stick off like oh, legged. Yeah. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, but those things happen, and. Look, you're still a team that's trying to build something. You had a, a young player in your lineup last night, his first NHL game. You had some different line combinations. The first period was kind of wacky. There's special teams. There's power play, penalty kill, power play, penalty kill, back and forth. Hard for anybody to establish a true rhythm within that game. The only rhythm that was established was Jordan Bennington making saves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I expect more from this team. I think... The version of the Blues that we saw play the Edmonton Oilers, I thought that was a really good version of this team. I thought that was a playoff version of this team. And that's kind of that's the team I want to see on a more consistent basis. Yeah. What we saw last night, the second period was fine. Third period was fine. First period wasn't great. So, yeah, you got a win that maybe you didn't deserve, but that's okay because you'll take it. Let me ask you, so how, how normal is it to play three – consecutive periods the way you want to in in the mm-hmm. in the NHL I, I get it if you face an opponent yeah. that's not great but even but, when you face an opponent that's not great I told you before sometimes playing those teams are the is the hardest thing because they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing sure you know it'd be like trying to it's like being a quarterback <laughs> and you're playing against a defense that's erratic right well this guy's supposed to drop back what what the hell is he doing yeah you it's, know why is he standing there it's like when my buddies, they, they always want me to play poker because I'm terrible at poker. And then they get mad at me because they're like, why are what you are still you in this hand? Then you ride it out right to the end. Doing. And then and I catch win. my card on the you river. Catch the river. Like, like, you idiot. You idiot. Like, what? It works. Seven deuce offsuit. What do you want to do? That's exactly the old Doyle Brunson there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I would compare that to. So right. it is difficult to play three periods of perfect hockey. Mm. For There's so many different variables in a game. There's certain players, there's calls, there's offsides, there's bad passes, there's all sorts of things. So for me, I, you got the win, you needed it. You stay ahead of the Predators because they continue to win and put the pressure on you. And now you've got a massive string of games coming up for the Blues. I mean, what, eight of nine on the road coming up here. And mm. they're not like... I don't think there's one gimme opponent. Mm-hmm. I think the weakest team you're going to play is the Islanders again 
next week. Yeah. Like, that's not much of a reward. No. So it's going to be difficult. For me, you're going to find out exactly what you've got here in the next four to five games. <laughs> what? We, we have said that. I feel like we've said that for two months. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, no, but, but let me reword it. For me, in the next four to five games, you're going to find out what you're doing at the deadline. Okay, there you go. That's really more what I meant. Yeah. Because I was going to say Doug Armstrong's going to have to take inventory here. Sure. And if you go one and four in your next five, the decisions are going to be different. Mm-hmm. If you go four and one the decisions, again, will be different yeah. than what you thought they might be. Right. So the next four to five games, trade deadline-wise, makes sense. there could be an impact. Yeah. That top line played really well yesterday. That, yeah. And that's what you have been been talking about for a while, making sure that all three of those guys, Jordan Kyrou played really well. Obviously, Bucinavich had the, had the three goals. Um, and, and Robert Thomas, they all seemed to be in sync last night. And, and if this team is going to win games on a consistent basis, that's – that has to happen every single night. Yeah, and I think the one thing that Jordan Cairo is realizing is, and I said it on the broadcast last night, is the harder defensively you play, the quicker you get the puck back and mm. the more offense that you can play. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that, that young players don't realize is they just figure, I'm going to wait around over here, and when we get the puck back, I'm going to go play. Go. I'll go play offense. Yeah. But as you get more experience, you realize that if – you contribute more defensively and you check more tenaciously, you get the puck back right. quicker. And then you can go play on offense for a longer period of time. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Anthony Stolter, the Blues take on the Red Wings tomorrow, pregame, 10 a.m., right here on 101 ESPN. Of course, you'll catch the game on the Blues Radio Network as uh, Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale will have the call for you. Alex Ferrario will have the pregame for you again, 10 a.m. as the Blues take on the Red Wings. We said earlier in in this hour that the cardinals when when talking about the cardinal way we said if they went to solve the problem of you know reestablishing the cardinal way but that actually isn't the problem that 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 they have real change is not going to occur and then we toss out to them to, to you the listener leave us a mic drop what actually is the problem if it's not the cardinal way we have some mic drops for you next on 101 espn Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think the problem with the Cardinals last year was confined to just a couple of areas. Defense, hitting, and pitching, and bullpen, and maybe coaching, and maybe player procurement. So not really a whole lot wrong with them that they couldn't readily fix. Yeah, I think Steve's on to something with that, guys. That was awesome. If the Cardinals fix their offensive problems, their pitching problems, their defensive problems, their coaching problems, and their and their player development problems, I think they'd be okay. Question? Yeah, Kerry. That that, that seems like every aspect of the team. I don't think that's what Steve said. I think Steve said uh, there's a couple of things. Yeah, but those are like the major aspects of a team. 
No, both can be true. I guess. I guess, Gary. <laughs> either, either uh, we're, right, not ex- I, we're not explaining it right, or, or you I, maybe I'm are struggling to, to grasp it. Uh, what we're saying is, if the Cardinals score more runs than they did a year ago mm-hmm. and give up less runs while also playing good defense, having some some good found, fundamental sound base running um, and, and better coaching, better. making better decisions overall in the front <laughs> office, then they'll be better. Okay. All right. So again, feels just like a everything, of but okay, that's just me. Sorry, just a few things, not necessarily a couple. Negative. Yeah. So earlier in the show, we were talking about how if the Cardinals, who clearly sent out, the front office did, clearly sent out this offseason to uh, bring back the Cardinal way, which included bringing in Lance Lynn and bringing in Matt Carpenter, they wanted to make sure that they righted a wrong and fixed a problem. And I had said... <laughs> If they solve the wrong problem, it's it's one of the most significant reasons why real change will not occur this year. And then we asked you, what is the real problem that needs to be that needs to be solved? Here's Carl. There's no way the players are going to bring back the Cardinal way. The Cardinal way should be a process, a system, a methodology of how we do things in the Cardinals organization, not a player's mentality, because the player mentality would go away as soon as those players go away or age out. If they're talking about the cardinal way, it should be we play sound defense, and here's how we get to sound defense. We play, we steal bases, and here's how we steal bases. It's a process. I think that's I think that's a great point by Carl. If if you want to be a leader. You, you know, leadership starts with you, not not with the people you lead. It's the whole Arnado thing. It's like, well, if the kids listen to us, then I could lead. No, that's not how leadership works. What? And I'm paraphrasing what he said. But leadership starts with you, not the people that you lead. So in this case, if you're the Cardinals, you are in the leadership role. Your front office, your co- the coaches that you choose – on every level of the organization, that is your leadership group. You can't just ask, the, the to Carl's point, you can't ask the players to just start with the Cardinal way mm. when that's not being inst- instituted at every level. At every level. Like it was before. I think is the key point, even in the minors. Like you have to have a mindset, a philosophy that when you get to the big league team, you already understand what the expectations are and and – that's the best way to go about it. When you transitioning throughout the system, this is how we do it here in, in, in single A, double A, triple A. And when you get here, this is what the expectations are. But it's already been ingrained in your brain throughout the entire organization. And so for s- somehow, some way, that mindset has has been lost on the, on the current Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And in order to get it back, you, you have to win. Like, that's the ultimate whatever way it's not yeah we play a hard nine but we lose every game like nobody cares right. <laughs> if you lose it's about winning so that's the ultimate thing is winning the games and winning it in the way that we do how do we get to this w at the end of the night that's the most important thing and and figuring out what they are who they are and how they're going to go about that i'm assuming that's what they're doing in spring training and and hopefully when they get to the start of the season, those things will be in place and implemented every single day. You bring up a good point when you talk about this cardinal way or whatever, this culture thing that we're discussing is it starts the moment the player is drafted. Mm -hmm. 
or signed. It really does. Like, when a player gets drafted to the New York Yankees, they know right away that they can't have a beard, they can't have long—like, there are certain standards. And I know that has nothing to do with winning a baseball game. I get it. My point is, you know what the expectations are. And so if I'm a young baseball player and I'm drafted to the Cardinals, the moment I hear my name, I know what I'm getting into. Okay, this this is a serious organization. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have Ozzie Smith at spring training. We're going to have Willie McGee. We're going to have all these guys. Like, there is a massive tradition. I better have my ish together right. and be ready to go when whenever the spring training is, whether it's for the big league, the triple-A team, the single-A team, whatever it is. Because as an organization, your job is to create this cardinal way from the lowest point. Mm-hmm. So the draft entry or the signing of the player, and then wherever he goes next, if it's triple A or single A ball or low A, whatever, they're already preaching what it is that your culture is. Right. Each team along the way as they work your way up has got the same core values and the same exact philosophy. It's like being a parent. It, it, as soon as as soon as your child is born, you're trying, to, or at least they can understand, you're trying to implement certain things. You know, the, the, let's. This is how you. This is how you're going to be a good person. You know, you, you you're when you go to school, you lift people up. You don't put people down. You don't be a bully. You don't. You know, whatever whatever you're trying to institute, right? You're right. You try to imprint imprint on them right away. And don't tell me you don't have opportunities to, because how many times have we seen a player get drafted and then they're in a suite or they're taken in batting practice, right? Mm -hmm. You should have designated people within your organization. As soon as that player is drafted, they go to that that person. It it might be a player that's currently on the team, or it might be a coach, or it might just be an ambassador that says, Hey, Congratulations, you're now a St. Louis Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Here's the expectations we have for you as an organization. And you lay them out. Yep. And when they're walking around Bush Stadium, you say, hey, we pick up the trash. Or whatever whatever the, right. the, you're trying to get across that is your culture, you can do that multiple times. Then when they show up to spring training, there's a whole other set of standards. Or those standards that that, that you got in, in, you know, when you went on that visit, they're just repeated to they're you. Reinforced. They're reinforced. They're yeah. reinforced. And then you could see on the field to the current minor league teams, they're playing that way. And then it starts to become ingrained. So then there's no BS. And if you don't adhere to that, we'll give you one chance, maybe two. Then we're going to trade you, and you're done. Because you you can't be a Cardinal. I think that's the biggest thing is knowing what the expectations are. You know, let's just use uh, the business world. And I'll just use this company because, quite honestly, I don't think I've ever had bad service there. It's Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Love them or hate them, like the food or don't like the food, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. When you sign up to be an employee at Chick-fil-A, you know what the standard is. And the people who train you make sure you know what the standard is. Absolutely. And so, therefore, it's the responsibility of the player slash employee, but also of the trainer or and the peers. coach or and the other people that work yeah. there, the other yep. teammates. That's how you hold people accountable is by establishing what you deem to be your culture, holding those people accountable, and then when new people come into the group, the group holds the new person accountable, but not in a way of, like, in their face. Yep. You teach them so that they they know what it means to be a part of this organization. And then when they have an opportunity, they pay it forward to the next young guy or to a teammate that needs help at that point. That's how you build a positive culture for any work-slash-playing environment. No doubt. I know we joke around about guys wanting to be here, but doesn't it 
Isn't it important though to draft guys that 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 have that makeup of what a St. Louis Cardinal is? Preferably, yes. Because an example, I look at the the Indianapolis Colts, who really they haven't been that great, right? Up into this year, they draft uh, Anthony Richardson, who is staying after an event and helping people clean up. Like mm-hmm. that is an example of they're trying to shift that culture, and they draft a guy that has talent on the field, but is a better person off the field as well. Right. So that's an example of like they're trying to shift that that culture. Marsh, if that matters to you as a team, as an organization, the answer to that question is yes. Mm-hmm. You're seeking that out. There are a lot of teams, and this goes for every sport, that don't necessarily miss out, miss on the talent, they miss on the character. Mm-hmm. Jamarcus Russell is a perfect example of that. Jamarcus Russell won at the highest level in college, LSU, big time player, could throw the ball 50 yards, you know, sit seated. Unbelievable talent, and then they got him in the building, and they realized very quickly that he wanted nothing to do with football. Hmm. He wanted nothing to do with practicing. He wanted to go to the casino or do or party or do whatever. And they realized they they whiffed on the character. I think a lot of teams whiff on that because it's a little harder when you're trying to do. You can do all the back of them you can, but until you have that person in the building, it's a little tougher. But yes, you want to try to find find people that already have those those qualities. That you could just naturally play into your organization. That's why I feel really confident about the the young guys that are on this team, though, like Jordan Walker, Jordan Walker, Mason, Mason Wynn seem Wynn, to have those characteristics. Lars yes. Newbar as well. Yeah, Tommy Edmond. Edmund, Tommy Edmund Donovan. Maybe he's a little bit older, but I think the car- yeah, but still, right? You know, you you have to have different tiers within your your group. It can't yep. just be all old guys and young guys. Mm-hmm. And you got you hear and see guys like Brendan Donovan in the offseason talking about how he wants to step up and be a bigger leader as well. Yeah. So it's important. Kerry, I'm actually really curious to hear your take on this. And the reason I, I'm, I'm so curious is because you played for a, a historic football franchise mm-hmm. that is no joke to mm-hmm. play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a certain way of doing business, and that's the bottom line. Like, for you guys with the Steelers, like, what was the Steeler way or the your version of it? Well, I think it was obviously – playing hard football like not we we had a mindset that you know Mike T came in and said what whatever we do the most violent team will win this game and that was the mindset every every game we went into so on the field it was being physical being violent not being bullied not being punked but you knew that like right from day one you knew like, that from I day better one. be ready to go here this is the mindset or you're not going to be if you aren't physically mentally fit to do this job you won't be able to stay but as a teammate, you knew that you were accountable to your other guys. Like we all – the thing that made it so great is it didn't matter where you played, offense, defense, special teams, we all hung together. We all would, you know, eat together. We would play cards together and and bond. And that was the one thing that helped. But it also – it started from the top because Mr. Rooney literally would tell you, I have an open-door policy. If you come – you could be walking past this off. Carrie, come in. Come holler at me. Come talk to me. Sit down. What this you doing? How's it going? Yes. Yes. That's so it starts at amazing. the top. If the owner has an open door policy, you think the head coach doesn't? Yeah, you right. think the offensive coordinator doesn't? You think the running back coach doesn't? You think the defensive coordinator doesn't? Yeah. They all do. Come in and talk. Sit down. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so now, as a teammate, you're the same way. What's going on? You good? Why mm-hmm. did you do? What do you need? And you're doing need, it for the right reason. And you're doing it because you don't want to let anybody on that chain down. We're all on the same page. We're all working towards an, a, a common goal, and we all are into this together. And so that was, for me, that's what made it different. And I told you, my first day 
as a Pittsburgh Steeler, every not every about the fifty three men on the roster, forty five people came and introduced themselves to me. And like, I know who you are. Yeah, Troy Palomalo. Hey, nice to meet you. Ben Roethlisberger, nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Heinz Ward, nice to meet you. That's how they introduced themselves. And then when rookies would come in, our player personnel, Ray Jackson, would sit them down, all seven of them, eight, ten, however many it was, and would have a couple of veteran players sit. I sat in a few of those and talked to them. Hey, this is what we do. This is the expectation. If you don't work, you're not going to play. And I will point to a second-round pick. It doesn't matter. You might not be here in two years. Because that was the mindset. I've seen it. I've seen a guy get drafted in the fifth round, and his teammate played the same position who was undrafted, and the fifth rounder got cut at the end of training camp, and the undrafted guy stayed on the team. So it's about working. It don't matter how you got here. And that was the mind. However you got here, you're here, and you're deserving of it. You better put in the work and do your job. It's kind of like the fast lane. So yeah, when Carrie when Carrie came in on the fast lane, we had a list of rules. We had to uh, sit him down. Yeah, Carrie, don't look. You know, don't we look at me. We actually did. We do have a couple of rules. Yeah, and yeah. we let him in on it. pretty Absolutely. Quickly. Yeah, don't look at me in the eye ever. Uh, uh, don't I'm ask. Still, ja- I'm still working on that. Don't one. ask Jamie about his history. Um, it's true. You know, stuff like that. Can't remember. It. Yeah. No, we do. We have a we have a couple of rules. Yeah. One, uh, one of course is uh, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two is. Jamie? Bury the bodies. Bury the bodies, exactly. Ah, I bought into that really quickly. Yeah, yeah. You did. Was, I yeah. thought it was amazing you showed up your second day with a shovel. I, I thought that, that, that's that was, what, honestly, that's commitment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that's what I was yeah. supposed yep. to do. No, it, it was greatly appreciated. Okay. Mm-hmm. We problem. didn't need it that day, <laughs> yeah. but you never but know. But you never know. It's still there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a great point. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. How much pressure is Ollie under? And is Ollie oh. under more pressure? <laughs> Or less pressure than the front office? That's probably the better question to ask. That's next on on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Uh, <laughs> Jamie said something during the break that carried, almost carried over. We're talking about love, Anthony. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. Jim Bowden. Oh, Bobby's brother. Nope. Jim Bowden, five MLB managers on the hot seat to start the 2024 season. Ranked John Schneider. Of oh, the Dukes of Hazard. Mama, nope, Mama Rivers, Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> you remember John Schneider? No, he was the blonde guy in the Dukes was of he? Hazard. Yeah. I used to love the Dukes Slide of Hazard. across the hood, all oh, that stuff. Oh, is that him, dude? Yeah. That that and the, my brother that and I Knight tried Rider? that one time. How'd, How'd it go? go? Uh, well, actually, it was fine for me. I slid across the hood in my track pants. <laughs> it was great. My brother had been wearing shorts. Uh oh. And they caught some traction oh, halfway across there. Oh, man. He rolled down out of that sucker. I mean, it was awesome. I'm sure. He hit the middle of the hood. I think the hood oh, was still hot, too. I think my oh. dad just got home. 
and he's like, like basketball shoes, and it like rolled them forward, right over. Yeah, and I was like, that's not how they do it. Not at all. That's how they look in the Dukes of Hazard. I think he got up and chased me. Yeah. In the '80s, man, I lived on those three shows: Dukes of Hazard, Knight Rider, and A Team. Absolutely. That was when TV was TV. That was good stuff. Yeah. Anyways, Ali Marmel is the second guy that Jim Bowden listed uh, for the five managers there on the hot seat. I'll go through them, and then we'll circle back to Ali. Derek Shelton of the Pirates, although I don't know what he's supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another one. Bud Bud Black of the Rockies. It's like giving a guy a Dixie cup and telling him to keep the Titanic afloat. Right, here you go. (laughs) Figure it out. We're going to need you. But we gave you something to do it. Come on. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. It's it's accurate. He's working. Now. It is. Anyways, <laughs> Ollie Marmel. Let's go back to him. Ollie Marmel. I mean, how much pressure is he, is he under? I, he's under an immense amount of pressure. He's on his last year of his contract. He had one good year, one one horrible year. He's coming off the worst, you know, the Cardinals' worst season and how long, if not the worst ever, Bob? Mm. Like, of course he's under pressure. Then his front office is like, ah, oh, yeah, we fixed the problems, so... If you don't win, this is your fault. He's under an immense amount of pressure. Yeah, it, and it's somewhat unfair, too, because I, I don't know if it was Kerry or, or you, Anthony, who brought it up the other day, that nobody gives Ollie any credit for the first year he managed. Yeah. They just give him the blame for the second year. Kerry brought it up, and I told you why. <laughs> or actually, I just demonstrated which was how it, people oh how yeah that's right it was an epic it was an epic segment what did we call that something machine uh, oh, the blame ollie machine blame or ollie something machine. yeah but yeah. so the pressure yes to answer the question yes there's a lot of pressure on ollie marmel there's a lot of pressure on every single manager or coach in in, in pro sports but right now ollie marmel it's like everybody's pointing the finger at him for like last year yeah and it's not necessarily all his fault. Does he have a part in it? Yes. There's equal parts between the front office, the players, and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what makes up your team. Yep. And is Ollie under pressure? Yeah, he is. He's got no – this is his last year of his contract. There's been no talk of extending it. So basically, if he has a bad run, he's done. Mm-hmm. And it's already sunk in cost. The Cardinals don't care. Right. Well, here's the other thing, guys. Former big leaguer Albert Pujols was recently announced as the manager of an upcoming uh, Dominican Winter League team. Alden Gonzalez of ESPN relays that Pujols is open to manage in the majors someday. Well, him and Yachty are going to have to like fight. Sharks for it. circling, yeah, the the, the prey. <laughs> Just wait, there's one more coming. There's one more coming. There's one more left yeah, out there. Yeah, there's one more. And as soon as he's done at the Grand Ole Opry, he's gonna, yeah, I'm telling you, he's going to be circling. He's going to be circling, circling this 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 Cardinals <laughs> job. You said, "What's that? That's Adam Wainwright." <laughs> oh. oh my goodness! You're right, though. There's blood in the water. They are, there is sharks are on their way. Circling. Yes, yep. that's crazy. And these sharks can so bite when too. You, yeah. So when if you are Ali Barbar, yeah, the pressure is real, mm-hmm. and I think he understands that. And obviously, you do understand that if you are in the last year of your contract, there is no, as far as we know, there have been no talks of of adding more time or more years to your contract. Nope. And so it's win or go home essentially. And if he doesn't win, 
I don't know how long he keeps or retains his job. I don't know if he makes it through the entire season or if they say, you know what, it's been fun, it's been real, see you soon. Uh, but it, it, it's it's definitely some pressure. What does Ollie have to do? To now, I was about to ask the same question. Make it to the playoffs. <laughs> You're right. Win the division. No, no, but is that enough? Does he have I to win so. a series? I think you have to. I think you have to win a series. I think you have I think to so make it to the playoffs, win a series, and put yourself in position to maybe you know potentially be in the NLCS. I agree. I agree. Uh, you got to win. You got to win one. At minimum, he's got to win one series. It's, he's got to get to the divisional series at minimum. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, he's done. Oh, no question. Agreed. And you got Yachty. You got Albert. And what if? What if other like, guys circling? Mm-hmm. What if? What if they're like the best team in baseball, and you don't win that divisional? I round? think. I think you have to win well, that you got like first round. Wins. I think you have to win that first round, regardless. Ah, hundred wins. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, scary. Okay, I'm I'll giving say, you scenario. Yeah, if it's a hundred <laughs> wins, get to hundred wins. I guarantee you, Ollie will not be fired. Okay, yeah. they're not going to get to hundred. No, they're not. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. That's Come a, on. Jamie, I see what you did there. Yeah. That was smart. Would Albert even be able to? Manage the Cardinals with the Angels thing. Is that uh, he's still a, a smart thing? guy, Marshy? He could do it for sure. Uh, he's yeah. got a job with the Angels. Does he still he's have that? A, I think they'll probably. Ten years. I'm sure they thing. can figure they something can, out. They can then extend it. They can let him out of it or tack on Albert, more <laughs> years after he's done. Albert literally said when he was with us, yeah, on the fast lane, the one time, literally said it. It is what I make of it. Totally. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. Well, yep. sounds like I can, I can do what I need to do when Pretty I need much. to do it. Pretty much. And yeah. he shows up, shakes some hands, says hi, and then that's good for one year. Uh, absolutely. So if, if <laughs> the Cardinals don't have to play in the wild card round, they make it to the division round, but they lose. Mm. I think that's enough to keep your job. If you if you play good enough baseball that you don't even have to play in the wild card round, yeah, I think that's and you're in, in LDS. To you, yeah, you're waiting on on one of the wild card wins. I think that I think that should be enough. For even Ollie. if it's not a hundred wins, yeah, eh, 90, 90, 91, 91 wins. I think if you get past that first round, whether it's a buy or you win your way through it, I think that speaks volumes as to the success your team has had. I think so too. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's the bar. Kerry's not happy. No, I'm no, good. Yeah, I can tell yeah. you. I'm you good. can see how Kerry gets now. I'm starting to learn his patterns. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see what's going on here. I'm good. Mm. He got to win. That's what he is. Oh no, I'm good. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. <laughs> he's not. He's not. I'm, he's I'm not, not fine. You're probably right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I see what's going on. Here. Following last night's game, please tell us why you, you hate Jordan Gyra. because that dude played outstanding last tell night. Me why you still hate him? Tell me why you still hate him. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, a little bit. I think, uh, I mean, to be honest, I think uh, Kyrie carried our line tonight, the way he played, and, um, uh, you know, battling, winning puck battles, using his speed, um, you know, his agility. So he, he created most of the chances for us tonight. So when we when we threw out this question, please tell us why you still hate Jordan Kyrou following last night's game. 
Jamie, you somehow were still surprised at the reaction that we got on the air cover service next line, 314-399-9646. Jamie, I showed him. Jamie, you like, to, to paraphrase Jamie in the office, he was like, ah, what are people going to say now? Well, they hate him. It. I mean, they don't like him. It's crazy. They don't like him, the player. Let's yeah, him personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, and I know I some people said, maybe, maybe. some people said, hate's a strong word, but then 75 others used it quite fine. <laughs> 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 let's start the, Let's start here. Jamie, you also asked us in the office, out of, you know, take away Buchnevich and take away Pennington, yep. who was the best player on Who's the ice last night? And we all, we to a man, we all said Jordan Cairo. Yep. Jordan Cairo last night played well defensively. He he sparked plays offensively. He was uh, the ultimate 200-foot player. But we also get text messages like, well, yeah. if he plays like that last night, why can't he play play like that consistently? And I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest complaint that people have well, about him. Don't be afraid to get involved. The Air Comfort Service text line is up and running. It's 314-399-9646 or... Leave us a mic drop. Our guy Marshy is waiting. He knows that you guys are eager to leave us a mic drop. So get on the 101 ESPN mobile app, click the little microphone there, and send in your mic drop, and, and you know we can discuss all of this. But, yeah, it, it's wild how people just have this unrest when it comes to Jordan Cairo. And the one text from the 573 says, and I quote, I still hate Jordan Cairo because of the way he played last night. Yes, it was very good, but he does that one out of every six games. If we if he played like that three out of every four or five games, be a whole different story, and it would it actually would make someone make would make someone like him. But when we know he doesn't try most of the time, that's where the fans' problem is. Okay, one thing is I don't think he's not trying. I don't think he's not trying. I just think that this is the way he's always played. And he's never had to bring that 200-foot game for 60 minutes. Yeah, He's finally, with the contract attached to his performance now, he is being held accountable. He has. Or he is. And one thing I'll say by watching Jordan Cairo on a daily basis, he's making progress. And I understand if there are moments in a game that he makes mistakes. I can tell you this right now, and Kerry, you know this. I've told people several times, the coach can clip video clips of your shifts or your plays, mm-hmm. and in the same game can make you look like a hero or make you look like a zero, depending on what, which plays he picks to clip for the video. And Jordan Cairo is much like that, because you can clip all of the good plays and be like, man, that guy's a rock star. But then you take in the other the other side of it, and he's got some turnovers, a missed play defensively. Maybe he doesn't finish a hit. Maybe he doesn't drive to the net. And you're like, that guy's awful. <laughs> same player, same exact game, but you're choosing what to look for. Right. And I think some people look for the negatives because that's what they they have this anger about Jordan Kyrie. He's making $8.1 million. He's got to be, you know, Nathan McKinnon out there. Well, no, he's not Nathan McKinnon, and he never will be. But what he can be is what you saw last night. A guy that can backcheck, create some things defensively, get in on the forecheck. For that. How about that? Jordan Cairo got in on the forecheck, caused a turnover, made a play to Robert Thomas, it ended up in the back of the net. And I'm not sitting here trying to BS anybody and say that I think Jordan Cairo is a great 200-foot player. I'm not. Anthony, I've told you this before. Kerry, you may have been part of the show. I'm not sure yet. 
But I literally said, I don't want him to be a 200-foot player. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. It's nice every now and then, but overall, I need that machine to create offense for me. Yeah. And with skilled players that are dynamic, that are going to try things from time to time, those highlight reel goals that happen, it's because these players try things that are beyond the normal. And when they're not successful, they turn into turnovers. So you can't, But you can't just pe- cherry-pick that. Because if Jordan Cairo toe-drags a defenseman, goes around and tucks it top shelf, you're like, my gosh, what a play that was. But if Jordan Cairo goes down the same thing, toe-drags a defenseman, gets the puck poked away, that guy passes it up for a breakaway and they score, you're like, that's a terrible play. Mm. But that's a dynamic player. And that's, that's you live and die by the sword with one of those guys. Sure. That's what it is. Look around the NHL, all of them. Watch Connor McDavid. Connor McJesus himself turns the puck over. He makes bad passes. He blindly passes to people that aren't there. But nobody nobody gets angry. Mm-hmm. Because it's tilted, right? Because he makes way more plays that are good than bad. Sure. So all I'm saying is that Jordan Cairo played a really good game last night. I do see progress in his overall game. He still has a lot of work to go to get to where I'm sure most fans would like him to be. But he's headed in the right direction. Yeah, they are. It always starts with the money, right? And if it's if people feel like the effort is not there every single night, I think that is what's frustrating because when you did ask who was the best player other than Booch and, and, and Bennington last night, Jordan Kyrou. He played well. He did some fantastic things, had a couple assists. But I think people get frustrated because you know that ability is there to do it. And if you don't do it every single night, then people think – you're just lazy or it's just not in you or you're not a good teammate. And then that narrative starts to run. And, yeah. I, I, and I think one of the prime examples of what you're talking about is the pass. I think it was the second goal by Bucinavich. To me, it looked like he should have shot that puck. Like it, it, He should have. And now you pass it to Bucinavich. If he doesn't score, then people are pro- probably criticizing him yeah, for like, saying, why, the hell didn't why you didn't shoot you shoot it? You're right yeah. there. Like yep. That's a perfect that example. happened a lot this It year. has. And it worked out that way. But mm-hmm. if it didn't work out, that would be a question – well, why isn't he, he's, he's right in front of the net. Why didn't he shoot it? Those are some of the examples I think that you're speaking of. And it's just him. And But then part of it also, you have to think back because there's a texter on here that says, I don't like Kairu because he got he got chief fired. And so that he is a singular. He, 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 he did not. But he's not that, the one guy. He didn't walk up to Tom Stillman and say, hey, I'm done with this that, guy. Look, Coach Killer, like Coach Killer Kairu from the 314. Yeah. Like yeah. that, I think, became a part of it as well. And then what yeah, he said I agree. I agree. after, uh, is not my coach, and how he got booed. So when you asked who is on the, the Mount Rushmore of most, I said, oh, I think Jordan Cairo was on it. you like, no, no way. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you looked at the text like, you, you know what? You're probably well, right. He's on there. <laughs> he is <laughs> on there. For our listeners who are wondering what the hell we're talking about, we may or may not unleash this at some point, <laughs> but we were discussing off air the Mount Rushmore of most disliked sports figures in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Current. 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 Like whether yeah. it's Cardinals, City SC, Blues, I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. Who are they for you? And uh, you know, we, we nailed a couple right away real quick and then carry through Jordan Cairo. And I was like, wow, really? You think people still? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After, uh, After reading the text messages, yep. I wonder if there's people that, that don't necessarily understand the the point production for the contract that he has like if you looked at some of the other players that are around that eight million mark I think you'd rather take Jordan Cairo now there's some guys that are making just a little Brad bit Marchand's more Brad than- Marchand's making six point five Marshy 
That guy's also been in the league for way longer. <laughs> <laughs> but like Rupe hints, right? He's making uh, roughly like three hundred thousand more than Jordan Cairo. He only has like five or six more points than Jordan Cairo yeah. does. Like if you look at some of the other guys, Ryan Johansson. Would you rather have Ryan Johansson or would you rather have Jordan Cairo? A lot of the guys that are making eight million dollars are defensemen, like Brent Burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you rather have Brent Burns or would you have a, a goal scorer in Jordan Cairo? Brent Burns. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, you make Jamie has spoken. You know, you make a good point. And look, I am very critical of Jordan Cairo. I have been a lot in the past, and I still am. I hold him to a higher standard. But when I when I see progress, you can't just kick progress in the Liberty Bells all the time, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you, sometimes you have to actually applaud the player for getting better in a direction. Right. People want people want Jordan Cairo. As soon as he signed the contract, they want him to be a finished product. We want him to score 50 goals. Well, yeah. They wanted him to be right Ryan O'Reilly yeah. meets Connor McDavid. Right. That's what and, they wanted. And he hasn't been. No. He's <laughs> not been either of those impossible. guys. <laughs> so there's, if you look at his anger. stats, though, Anthony, mm-hmm. like his stats, he's 45 points in 56 games, and that is not – he should be a point-a-game guy. I'm not, yeah, not no question sh- there. Should absolutely be a point of game guy, but if you go over his last couple of seasons here, in 21-22 he had 75 points in 74 games, 27 goals. You go to 22-23, he had 73 points in 79 games, hit 37 goals, and right now he's sitting at 45 points in 56 games with 19 goals. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to get he's going to tickle 30 this year for goals. And he's probably going to get to that 70, 65-ish points. Like This is what your $8 million player is. Right. I think a lot of people look at work ethic, and when you think of St. Louis, you think of that, that lunch pail mentality. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's why people aren't resonating with, with Jordan Cairo and the way that he plays. But sure you look that... at a guy like David Perron. David Perron wasn't the finished product that we've seen the past few years here in St. Louis, now in Detroit. He was a completely different player. So I think we got to give this guy some time to let him mature to become the player that he's supposed to be. And if he doesn't, then down the line we can have that conversation. And I think that's why Doug Armstrong, and I, I'm not speaking for Army here, I'm speaking for myself, but I think that that's why Doug Armstrong made sure that these contracts that these guys got, uh, they did not, they weren't guaranteed the no movement clause. You know, they weren't guaranteed the no trade clause. If you look at Jordan Cairo, you know he's eight point one, and he he doesn't have any protection from the trade world for the next what two or three years. I'm trying to find here as we go. Yeah, so for this year and next year. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't progress the right way or Army's not happy with what's going on, you can move the player. In 25-26, he has a no-trade clause that kicks in. So Army's given a little bit of runway here to see if the player can turn into something a little bit bigger, a little bit better. And if he doesn't, then you can move the player. Or if you're satisfied with what he's actually doing, then the no-trade kicks in. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Gary Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. We talked earlier about Ollie Marmel being uh, one of the managers, one of the top managers that's under the most pressure heading into the 2024 MLB season. What about Ollie Marmel in the front office? Are they under the most pressure in baseball to win this season? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
So the Athletics did a couple of recent articles about who's under pressure in Major League Baseball. We talked about Ollie Marmel being second on Jim Bowden's list for top five managers that are under the most pressure. Ali Marmel and the Cardinals received the the second most votes in terms of what manager front office com- combo is under the most pressure heading into the season. As they wrote, the good news for the Cardinals, our voters had mostly good things to say about an offseason, which they added Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, and Kyle Gibson to the rotation and added depth to their bullpen with Andrew Kittridge and Keenan Middleton. The bad news for the Cardinals, their entire rotation might be might be 33 or older, and we heard lots of concern about their manager, Ollie Marmel, and his ability to navigate this vessel's storms. They'd be at the top of my list of teams most likely to make a change of managers at a rival and all exec. I just, I'd just say this. Don't go to sleep on the job Yachty did managing Puerto Rico in the Caribbean series. Hmm. I think that Ollie is under more pressure than the front office of the Cardinals. Well, yeah, he's, they got jobs. He's got the he's got the, the contract that's expiring. <laughs> yeah, Mo gave himself an extra year. Remember? <laughs> yeah, you go. I, I, you know what? Go I'm worth it. I'll be fine. <laughs> he literally did that. Did. Now the Dewitts did have to sign yeah. off on it. You, you know, got in it. all fairness to, to Mo. Yeah, they gladly did. Uh, no, I think you figure uh, it out. I think Ollie. Uh, I don't like the situation that Ollie's in. Quite honestly, I don't. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, show me what you can do situation, but I feel like everything is directed at Ollie right now. Mm-hmm. So if if Nolan Arenado and, and whomever else you pick, Paul Goldschmidt and Wilson Contreras, if they have a bad year. Ollie's fault. Ollie's fault. No mm-hmm. question. Ollie's getting fired, or he's not getting rehired. They're right. just going to well. let him walk. And mm-hmm. yet Ollie can't do anything about taking swings for those guys or you clearly have to sit those guys but isn't that you know just play devil's advocate <laughs> hey i know you make 35 million you're gonna sit but till you figure Taylor it out modders playing third <laughs> yeah day, okay? you can bench him right uh, but to but to play devil's advocate isn't that isn't that the case for every coach like craig berube won a cop here his players weren't weren't getting it done yeah, on yeah. a consistent level and cost him his job no, I agree. I, this is not what I'm saying is not isolated to Ollie Marmel, but we're just talking about him right mm. now. And if we're just talking about Ollie Marmel, then he, because he doesn't have a Stanley Cup, because he doesn't have a World Series, because like at least Chief, like last year, a lot of coaches would have lost their job last year when Doug especially Armstrong, especially in the NHL, especially in the NHL, people yeah. are quick, right? Mm-hmm. But Army didn't do that. He basically he gave Chief the vote of confidence, which is usually the kiss of death, yeah. which didn't happen. But he gave him the vote of confidence and then instructed the fan base as to how this was going to work and fulfilled that. Exactly. Now, this year, things started to veer off the course again, at least according to Doug Armstrong. And so he made a decision. He made a change. But I don't feel, but he gave Craig Berube that latitude because of what he was able to do as a coach before. Ali Marmel doesn't have that. He doesn't have a championship. He doesn't have any rings to, or or any history of winning with this organization. Made it to the playoffs. No, but you know what I'm saying, Kerry. (laughs) I do. I don't think anybody else does. I don't think anyone else realizes that they actually went to the playoffs in 2022. I don't think that they Yeah, but that wasn't him. That was Albert, remember? Ah, gosh darn it. It was Albert and Yachty. Do do we have to do this again? It's my fault. I I forget the 93 wins. His name is there, technically. Yeah. However, 
He was along for the ride. Yeah, okay. Last they, year was they were, Kerry, come on, man. We, first year actually managing. We've the been team. through this. Two I years ago, he was along for the ride. Last year, he was the problem. Well, I don't know how that works that fast. Doesn't seem it fair. just does. It doesn't seem fair, though. Well, I mean, do you have questions? I can I, answer I them for you. Plenty. Go ahead. Plenty. I mean, did he not put together the lineups every single day in 2022? Yeah, it was probably Albert. Okay. So in 2023, it was all him. It was all him, 23? Last year? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So 2022, he uh, he, he helped Goldie and, and Arenado become MVP candidates. Or, or no, that they was... did that themselves. The players the players play. Okay, so well, 23, they 23, they they weren't MVP candidates, so that was... Yeah, he didn't coach them right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why we have to go through this again. But 22, they brought Jordan Montgomery in, and he performed really, really well. Uh-huh. He was uh, That was Ali helping assist... That that role, correct? No, oh, that was Mad Dog Maddox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so in twenty three, Mad you got Dog got rid of the claw, and that's what happened. So twenty three, right. obviously, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flair, they didn't have that there. Yeah, and, Maddox no. wasn't there. Yeah, Maddox wasn't there because him and Ollie prob- probably couldn't get along. Oh man, this is hard. This is tough. Mm. Seems un- seems unfair, guys. Now doesn't doesn't seem fair. Where do we get to blame Mo in all of this? <laughs> oh, because for I know people else. are doing it. Yeah, for everything else. Where does he factor in? Everything else you say? Uh, absolutely. Well, he's, yeah. he hired Ollie. Oh. His fault. <laughs> Man, this guy. This guy. Jamie gets it. Wow. Smart. Yep. He's like Sherlock Holmes over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, just yeah. don't, I don't know how that – that doesn't seem right to me, guys. What? No, it is it's it is right. You you won. He, his name is next to the 93 wins. Kerry, that's the Cardinal this way, is, baby. Uh, listen, the Cardinals are next to the 93 wins. Okay. <laughs> He's happy to be there. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We've got a returning gauntlet contestant. Oh, by the way, Kerry had his his oh, uh, tiebreaker moment yeah. yesterday. I missed it. Oh, God. I didn't go 3,000, but you I might go 3,000. <laughs> I should have. But you had your moment? I had a moment. It's tough. In those moments, it sucks, oh. man. Listening is hard, Jamie. Sometimes you just oh. listen to the question and you get the answer. Was the answer in the question? Yeah. In one of the questions. Yeah, it was in, in, the, yeah, it was in the question questions. one. So the actual well, wait, answer the wasn't there. It was though, football. It was. <laughs> hey, how, and it was football, dude. Oh, carry, dude. carry self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, a few of them. How many teams did Brett Favre play for in his career? Uh Falcons, Packers. I'm, 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 all right, guys. Jets, it's been a good show. Vikings. All right, see you all. It's been good. Four. Right, y'all take care. Mm-hmm. Four. That's correct. You all finish this up. What did he say? So the the next question was. No, no, come here. Don't you go anywhere. This is fun now. So the next question was, <laughs> who did Brett Favre start his career with? Carrie uh, said three teams. The previous question then goes, oh. Which team did he forget? The Falcons. Falcons. Oh, and Which, then the next it, question, the defense, realized yes. it? Yes. In your defense, oh, it's easy hurts. to forget about the Falcons. It did. Oh. I was like, oh. I, I feel for you, too, because... In hockey, sometimes there's questions like that, and, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, but the pressure's on because it's hockey. <laughs> Jamie, Sucks. that wasn't even the worst part. The worst oh, part we was, don't have to do that. No. All right. We're just we're trying to catch Jamie up oh, on what happened yeah. yesterday before we get to round two. Okay. And Tom Brady has thrown for over eighty nine thousand yards. Which other quarterback has you know done that or whatever it was? Who's second, second on the list? Time. Drew Brees. got that. Then the tiebreaker. Yeah. Tiebreaker question was, how many yards has Tom Brady thrown for in his career? In his career, mm-hmm. uh, well, 
89,000 easily. <laughs> so it's a good start. Let's say, do we know the number? Do you know the number? It if doesn't It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If I, you, would, Jamie, I would have said 90,000 probably. If you wrote down 89. I, that's what I said. It's not what I said. It's not what he no, said. Fairness is question one, so Carrie had long forgotten about And he was kicking himself for I, the Brett Favre. Oh, man. I, I cleared my slate after that one. I just. Okay, that might be worse than the 3,000 moments. <laughs> it might be worse. All right, second round of the gauntlet next. Yeah, I wonder what ESPN. We gave him the answers to oh, the test. We certainly man, did, Jamie. Yeah, I didn't he I didn't did take him. him. Oh, no. I'm so sorry for you. I know. He's terrible. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalder. Time for the gauntlet. 405, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We welcome back Cole after beating Kerry uh, yesterday in round one. Cole's back for round two. What's up, Cole? Gentlemen, how we doing? Doing good. We're just filling in Jamie, who missed yesterday's gauntlet on uh, the, the debacle that was <laughs> yesterday's gauntlet. Kerry. It was a long day, I'm sure. Yeah. You're good. Listening. I got to start listening better. I feel like you've heard that before. Oh, (laughs) trust me. (laughs) A time or two, Jamie. Just a time or two. Me too. I know you find that hard to believe, but me too. All right, Cole. (laughs) You you said that you wanted Jamie yesterday. You going after Jamie today? I I have some friends listening who said if I don't, then I'm going to hear about it. So I'm going to go with Jamie today. Okay, man of his word. Bring it on, Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Cole. Good luck, buddy. All right, so Jamie's good. I said good luck. (laughs) He didn't say anything. Good luck. Good luck. Okay, all right. I'm going to go get in the zone now. I don't think you wanted to say that. (laughs) I didn't. Not very nice. Jamie is going to head to the Kona Silence right now. Cole, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Spin that wheel, Marsh. Let's go. Paul, you said anything but random yesterday. You still feel that way? Uh, with Jamie, I'd also take no hockey. No hockey, no random. <laughs> well, wow, Carrie, um, you didn't have to laugh like that. <laughs> what's, what's the what's the worst of the two? Is it random or hockey? So, with random, I feel like I got a shot because I feel like we'll both be guessing. Um, so, I would prefer random. Well, good news. It's random. All right. There yeah, we go. There it's random go. today. All right, you're going to get four random questions. Jamie will get the same four random questions. Each question is worth two points unless you ask for the options. And if you ask for the options, those questions are worth one point. Cole, you ready? Ready. Question number one. Who was the founder of the Rolling Stones? Who was the founder of the Rolling Stones? I'm going to go heavy on the options today. I'll, I'll take them. Okay. Keith Richards, Brian Jones, or Christian Bishop? I am going to go with, uh, was it Keith Richards? The final answer, the first one? Uh, Keith Richards, Brian Jones, Christian Bishop. I'll go with uh, Keith Richards, final answer. All right, Cole, question number two. Around 1665, Sir Isaac Newton 
performed a series of experiments which revealed how many colors in the rainbow? Hmm. Um, you know what? Let's just be consistent. Let's go options one more time. Is it seven, eight, or ten? Uh, I will go with eight. Final answer. Question number three. What is the capital of North Dakota? Oh, this feels like one that Jamie might get, but I don't know. I'm going to go options, third time. Is it Montpelier, Fargo, or Bismarck? See, I'm going to go Bismarck, final answer. Final question, Cole. Name the author of The Outsiders. Name the author of The Outsiders. You know, let's just hit all four with the options. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Herman Melville, S.E. Hinton, or Jack Davenport? Herman Melville, S.E. Hinton, or Jack Davenport? Uh, let's go uh, Melville, final answer. Okay. Let's bring back Jamie. Cole, how you feeling? Uh, terrible. Not okay. very good. All right. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. That's usually how that's a tough works. one. Some people are, you know, some people listen to it. It's like, not for me. Well, good for you. <laughs> Jamie, how are you? Good. Mike Ryder is uh, still here. Playing some pump-up music at yeah, Slipknot. Playing in there. Wow, yeah. Slipknot. Yeah. We had a mosh pit going oh, in there. Yes. Holy Mike smokes. Ryder lost two teeth, but wow. yeah. he was happy he's, to do it. Still working, though. <laughs> yeah. He's ready to go in Keep there. Going. Yeah. All right, uh, Jamie, your category today is completely random. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. All right, let's go. Let's party. Well, before we do, Kerry, go ahead and tell him. Jamie? Pack a lunch. Okay. Question you. one, uh, question one, Jamie, excuse yeah. me. Who is the founder of the Rolling Stones? The founder? Who was the founder of the Rolling Stones? A founder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Options, please. Keith Richards, Brian Jones, or Christian Bishop? I'll just go with the obvious, Keith Richards. Final answer. Question number two. Around 1665, Sir Isaac Newton performed a series of experiments which revealed how many colors in the rainbow? Oh, wow. Okay. Six. <laughs> We're asking you. I know. Taste the rainbow, Marshy. Skittles. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Final answer? No. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. Skittles. <laughs> Skittles. Final uh, answer. Anyway, Skittles are always <laughs> the answer. You never know. Very true. You never know. So, okay, so let's go through this. Let's try and think of rainbow. I think there's six. Or is there five? It's one or the other. Anthony, which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, which you can help. All right. Um, draw the rainbow here. <laughs> Five. Final answer. Question number three. What is the capital of North Dakota? 
These are really random. North Dakota. Give me the options, please. Is it Montpelier, Fargo, or Bismarck? Bismarck, final answer. Question number four, Jamie Rivers. Mm. Name the author of The Outsiders. Mm. Name the author of The Outsiders. I know about the movie, don't know about the book. Options, please. Herman Melville, S.E. Hinton, Jack Davenport. Mm. I've heard of Hinton before. I haven't heard of the other guys before. But that doesn't mean it's right, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah. Hint, hint, Hinton. Final answer. Hinton. Final answer. Let's go over these. Oh, this one's puke-worthy. <laughs> Not great. Jamie versus Cole in round two for Cole. Who is the founder of the Rolling Stones? Cole, you said Keith Richards. Jamie, you said Keith Richards. Correct answer is... Brian Jones. Brian Jones. So we have a 0-0 zero, zero tie. Mm. Around 1665, Sir Isaac Newton performed a series of experiments which revealed how many colors in a rainbow. For those of us who've watched Sesame Streets with the kiddos, we know that the rainbow is Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv, which would be, well, Cole said eight. You said five. Roy G. Biv. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, giving you seven colors in the rainbow. Not in my rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> you drew five on your screen there for the yeah, rainbow. I did. I did yeah. Because he had it all. Well, You're fine. So we have Indigo. A... <laughs> Who the hell remembers that? <laughs> so we have a zero zero time. <laughs> what is the capital of You're North Dakota? Cole, you said Bismarck. Jamie, you said Bismarck. Correct answer is should be Grand Forks, but it is Bismarck. It is Bismarck. Both of you needed the oh. options. We have a one one tie. It comes down to this. If he knows this one, <laughs> screw me. Name the author of The Outsiders. Both of you took the options. One of you is correct. Cole, you said Herman Melville. Jamie, you said Hinton because I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of the other. I haven't heard of the other guys. No other reason. We can eliminate Jack Davenport. That's not the answer. Okay. Cole. You have chosen poorly. It is the guy you heard of. S.E. Hinton is the correct answer, giving Jamie two points today. Two points better than one. Cole, I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Can Thanks you for playing. Feel it, Cole. Hey, it's all right, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thanks Cole. Cole. Have Good a great job, weekend, Cole. buddy. Have a great weekend, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. You too. All right. To Jamie, congrats, man. That's not a stellar performance. Yeah, you know what? It's a, a dub. Yeah, it's a when dub. Is a win? Yeah. Yep. S.E. Hinton, though, that does sound like the author of, like, you're absolutely book, right. right? Like, yes. they don't actually use their real name. Yeah, it's right. like, ah, A.C. Yep. Stalter. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though. They that usually use the ugly. initials. Oh, ah, you know what? Uh, it's Listen, you're fine, Jamie. You're absolutely fine. Nice job. You got the W. All right. Uh, did Buchnevich hat trick last night make trade talks that much more interesting? Maybe to some.
That's our guy, Jamie Rivers. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Did Pavel Buchnevich's hat trick last night make trade talks that much more interesting? Blues beat the Islanders last night four to nothing. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalzer. Jamie, I know that uh, you're not going to buy into this because you feel as though that uh, Pavel Buchnevich should not be dealt at this year's deadline, provided that the Blues remain in playoff contention. Yeah, that's the big asterisk right there. And right now they are in playoff yep. contention. Why give up a player that that is helping you? Make the playoffs, which which is vital this season for the uh, viability or the sustainability of the Blues in terms of spending spending to the cap. So no, I don't think one game. I'm with you. I, I don't think one game is going to change that. That's the big. That is the big thing. Well, not what how Buchnevich plays between now and the deadline. No, and you said it earlier too. One game with a hat trick or one game when he's minus three is really not going to affect what teams are looking for. Right. So if if you're the Boston Bruins and you're thinking about adding Pavel Buchnevich, you're not looking at a singular game. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the body of work. And I can tell you this, that these guys have scouts at every single game. Yeah. That's one thing that, you know, being back in the buildings for every game now, I see guys all the time. They talk. You know, we have relationships, whether it's former teammates or guys I played against or guys I played with in junior hockey, and they'll tell me what they're looking at. They'll ask me my opinion about certain players. And so I know how many people are there on a nightly basis watching certain players. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people right now watching Pavel Buchnevich for obvious reasons. So they're not just going to look at the one game and go, hey, by the way, hey, boss, trade for him because he's really right. good. Or, hey, boss, don't trade for him. This guy sucks. Yeah. They've got a massive resume of, or database rather, of what he brings to the table. So I don't know. Everything changes for me if we look at the Blues as far as their schedule is concerned. And I said it earlier, and I'll just repeat myself again. It's what they do here over the next, what, five or six games. Let's just do the math here. They got Detroit, Winnipeg, Edmonton. That's three games. I switched the months here, Anthony. Bear with me. Four, five, six, seven games before the deadline. Mm-hmm. And they play the Wild, the Devils, the Islanders, the Flyers, and of course they've got Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Detroit. Yeah, if they in those seven games, if they go four and three or better, five and two, let's say, you're not trading Pavel Buchnevich. No. Because odds are the teams that are behind you right now, the Predators, the Wild, the Kraken, they're going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, they're just slightly above 500 as well. Mm-hmm. So that to me is, you know, kind of where you have to be. I, I, ultimately, five and two would be, would be awesome. But if for some reason you're one and six <laughs> or two and five over these next five games, that now that could create the wholesale mentality for Doug Armstrong of we're not there. And maybe the Predators now are four points ahead of you. 
and it's just not working. That will change everything. But right now, I think Pavel Buchnevich, not I don't think, I know he makes you a better team. He makes you more competitive on a nightly basis. And without him last night, you know, you probably don't win that game. Now, certainly without Jordan Bennington, you don't win that game either. Mm-hmm. But you still need some guys who can put the puck in the net, and Booch can be that guy. And another thing about Booch is he's really well-liked in the locker room. Like, he's a quirky dude, he's a funny dude, but he's a competitor, man. You watch this guy every single shift, he expects to do something right. Right. And when he doesn't, he comes to the bench, and he's mad, and he's yelling at himself, and, like, he's trying, like, he's not a guy that, to me, he helps exemplify what you want from your your guys. Right. So if I'm Jake Neighbors or Zach Bolduc, and I'm looking over at Pavel Buchnevich, who expects every single shift to be a good one, well, how can I go out there now and not do the same? Yep. It does become contagious for those guys. Absolutely. So I I, I think Pavel Buchnevich should stay here till the offseason. If there's really good opportunities in the offseason, I think Doug Armstrong should explore those opportunities. But I think this team has done enough to warrant the – ability to compete for a playoff spot and i'm sure that the as you said <clears throat> the players want him to be around and he wants to be around he doesn't most times you want to finish what you started and so he has done a really good job had a really good game last night and you know hopefully they can have more games like last night than you know the previous games because that's the as you said the, the predators are right on their heels they're both 62 points so a few games here or there if they are not in that number two seed in the wild card then maybe you start looking in other directions but I agree with you. I think it would be doing this team a disservice to be right there on the cusp of being in the playoffs and then trade away a guy that's well-liked and one of your better players, a top-line forward, and saying, okay, you know what, the hell with it. We're going to shift and go in a different direction. And then you see the team just go downhill from there. Because you, you regardless of how you get in, and you know my model, <laughs> just get in. Yeah. <laughs> that goes you for – You just want to get in. I just want to get in. Yeah. Just, I don't blame I, you. Just get in. Don't shake your head. Yes, Anthony. Shake your head. Yes. I will yes. not shake your head. Yes. Just Unless you're talking about the Blues. There you go. All right. Just get in, <laughs> and anything can happen. We saw Jordan Bennington play a hell of a game last night. Now, will a a second wild card seed make a run and make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Probably not. But if you don't, if you're not even in, you don't give yourself a chance to do so. Yeah, and I just go back to. My, my original thought, and of course, I, I can't speak for Army, and I don't know what he's thinking, but if this team is right there on the cusp of being a playoff team, they deserve the opportunity to yep. compete for the playoff spot. And my fan base deserves an opportunity to see their team back in the playoffs. And my ownership group deserves the opportunity to get the revenue from at least two playoff gates. Yep. Yeah, so th- there's more layers to it than just like, oh, get a draft pick. Just stock up those those picks. Get a pile up. You're going to get a draft pick anyways in the offseason right. if <laughs> you play the, your cards right. Mm-hmm. And, and again, there's no guarantee in those draft picks. Yeah. You know, there, there's players that the Blues have drafted in recent years that are nowhere to be found now. Dominic Bach, please stand up. He was a first-rounder. You end up trading him in the Justin Falk deal, and I don't know if he ever really even played in Carolina. Yeah. He was a first-rounder, though, Anthony. Right. Good right. thing you had it, right? Yeah. No. Mm. So you just never know. So for me— Yeah, not every draft is created equal. No, it certainly isn't. Not every player is worthy of being drafted in the first round. And even if they are, not every first-round pick plays professional sports. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you. What if—just <clears throat> what if come trade deadline, 
the Blues are offered something that they can't refuse, even though they are right there on the cusp of making the playoffs. Do you still, yeah. <clears throat> knowing that in after the next season he will be a free agent, do you still say, okay, it's not what we want to do because we want to push, make a push towards the playoffs, but I just can't pass this deal up. So what would that deal be? Like you got to give me, you got to, you can't just say they give you a deal you can't refuse. I man. mean, a couple of first round picks that are not later in the draft. Well, but, okay, but then why would that team be trading for them? I don't know, Jamie. Are they going to take a run at being seventh place? Yeah, like sure. So it's so, they're going to lock them up in the next couple of years. That's their plan. But I understand what you're saying. But the odds are it's not going to be. Gonna, it's not going to be teams. a high draft. No, it's going to be somebody who's who deems their team. To be a contender. It's going to be mm-hmm. someone who looks at Pavel Buchnevich and says, hey, that guy there, he's a great second or third liner for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because their team is so good. Right. Yeah. And when that's the case, that team's probably pretty high up in the standings, which means you're looking at 25 to 32 in the pits. It's not worth it. Is it like, yeah, right? I mean, two first-round picks. But last two first-round picks, I understand. But you probably still get a first round and a third round in the offseason as well. Yeah. So, you got factor them. I would rather make the playoffs. I also think making the playoffs, it's part of the process in this retool for these young guys. Mm-hmm. Like if your if your general manager is trading your team out of the playoffs, but then is demanding that you go out there and compete every single game and demanding that there's accountability, like what's the message there? Right. Like we are, we are. Yeah. Sir, then you just traded one and of our you best just players. One of our guys who does some of that the best. Right and now, we're not going to make the playoffs. So yeah. like it's a it's a kick in the in the teeth, you know. And the I just don't. Yeah, I don't, and I just don't think. I don't think Army will do that if his team is a playoff team. I agree. We have the Sports Six Pack next, so if you have a question, send it into the Air Comfort Service text line at three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. We'll answer them next here on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now... Time for the Sports Six back here in the Fast Lane with Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question, Question one, number one. Anthony, I brought fast. this up. Sorry for jumping the gun. No, you're there. good. Yep. I didn't you think didn't you'd know. pull out you the Danny know. Mac. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Wasn't expecting it. Love Dan. Want to make sure that he's represented. Absolutely. Uh, so I threw this out in the office, and I want to know what you guys think, and I definitely want to know what the listeners think. But for this first question, who is the most liked current athlete in St. Louis? The most liked. Most liked. liked. I said it was Jordan Bennington. Maybe I have some recency bias. Current. Current. It has to be an athlete. Current athlete. Front office guy. Liked. And it's not like the best player or the most identifiable. It's the most liked. Most liked. This is difficult, man. (sighs) Uh, Woof. I think Most it's probably Lars Lars New. <laughs> I think Lars Newbar would be right there. More I than think, Bennington? Yeah. I think probably. I think so. I think there's a big percentage of blues fans that still aren't sold on Bennington. We see the text line. Every time Bennington has a bad game or a bad night, they're like, see, see, the numbers don't lie. Like there's the big 
piece like and I don't see a lot of Lars Nupar sucks. Tommy Edmond. Is Tommy Edmond on there? I don't, I don't think, think people know. I him. think I think people really like him, but I, don't think I they, wouldn't put him. He's ahead kind of, of vanilla. You know, I think people are like, oh, okay, it's Tommy Edmond. <laughs> I think a lot of I think if a lot like of younger him, Cardinals fans like Tommy Edmond. But I think a lot of younger ones like Lars Nupar more. Lars probably, especially after the the World Baseball see, Classic. See the way all he grinds it too. Yeah, he does grind it. Big. Yeah. You know, and he twists it. Pepper, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Grinder. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know. It's a good, re- yeah. uh, good visual <laughs> representation. Yeah. I'm going to go with I Jordan AJ, Bennington. I said AJ McCarron. Nobody even knows him. They do know AJ. Of course <laughs> they know Kaka. Is, is AJ McCarron walked into Aldi's right now down the street? They probably wouldn't know. He would walk but through they, there. They, Jordan they'd be Bennington. Like, they'd no. say, who's this big guy? Lars Newbart. No. They would so know it, Bennington. For sure. For sure. And Lars Newbar, I guarantee they would know him. Lars, first of all, asked this question at the end of the season. (laughs) I will say, though, I did go to a, I think I texted you guys this not too long ago, like a month or so ago, when uh, I was out at some some fast food, not fast food, but like some restaurant or whatever, and uh, Jordan Bennington walked in. And I was literally the only person in there that knew who he was. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, that's Jordan Bennington. So, but no one but else. I find that hard to believe. Because, no, I don't hear think Hear me so. out. Because he got a mask on. You can't see his face. Hear me out. I find you that. see my face? <laughs> show me your face. Show me your face. <laughs> Let's see my face, brother. It's funny. It really is. I mean, I got, there's no follow-up oh. to it. That's why I came here. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, my point is. <laughs> Is and this is just all things being equal. And there's a lot of places where I go, people recognize me, yeah. and I'm nobody. Really, you're on the big to- deal. No, 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 He's from here, but he doesn't yeah. play here. No. Yeah. They're telling me this 6'8 guy walks into a... It, I'm talking about... Yeah, but we're talking... The question was like St. Louis athletes. Yeah. He's from... Not, not I know, from. but he's... Okay, so currently right. playing... Yeah. Yeah, yes, right. currently playing in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. I don't know that we have one, which is sad. Uh, what about Shall we go city, to the text line? What about any city players? Well, like Klaus, Roman Burke, Roman Burke, yeah. Tim yeah. Parker. Yeah. A lot of people love Oscar Sundquist. Yeah, that's true. He, he wants the, to be here. Is he the most? most like? Well, so does Tory Kruger. People don't want him here. <laughs> <laughs> really doesn't matter. You can stay. You're not making a bunch, but you. Get out. Out. Yeah, let's go to the sex line. What do you got, Marsh? Lots. Uh, so we have Sonny. AJ McCarron is coming up uh, quite, quite a lot, actually. Paul Goldschmidt. Mm. Nolan Arnato. Uh, you have Carp. Robert Thomas. Uh, we have it's Klaus, you morons. Uh, we have Thank that one. That doesn't surprise me that it was it was phrased that way. Mm. <laughs> what do you what do you say? That specific you name, implying? that specific text, the way it came in like that. Yeah, I know. does not surprise me that it did. We have Newt. Jake Neighbors is on here. Um, Tommy Edmond. That one's actually kind of surprising. Randy Orton. That's a good one. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he doesn't. opened a company over here. He's right here in the mall. I talking yeah. to him not too long ago. You know this wellness place? Oh really? yeah. Yeah. Randy Orton's. A I went to high school with Randy. Yeah. He's a big dude, yeah, man. He is. We were in high school. Grade school and high school. I could see Jake Neighbors being the most popular dude in a couple of like less than three years. Yeah. But again, it's not the most popular. It's the most likable. 
people it's like him be, the most. That's a tough. I mean, if it's one. more, li- if it's most likable, then it's Lars. It's probably Lars. Yeah. It's Although, are we, can do are no we getting wrong. a lot of Lars? Maybe we're not. Yeah, we've gotten a few Lars new parts. Okay, he can do no wrong. A lot of people well, like Anthony, Tommy. Anthony, you're too. the uh, the chairman, or not the chairman, of he's course, the, but you're the part president. of it. Yeah, vice, vice president. president. Brooke the, is the is the president. Yes. founder, CEO. He, he's the. I'm not vice. a part of that. I you, just no, feel as though that the, the, when the somebody of New Nation, that, that I heard you screaming it when we were coming from the office. No, like, why is he yelling it? He's just yelling. No, no. I feel like what the hell is going on. I feel like I I have to. Nutty Nooters, Nooters, oh. and I was like, "What is he doing?" And that, that was Jamie. That was Jamie screaming about something else. I'm sure I was. I don't know. That wasn't me. But no, I feel like when you guys start to badmouth Lars Newbar, I got to bring up his stats. Say, "Hey, this has been a really good player as for a you." Reminder, as the yeah. vice president. I'm we like, we like. <laughs> <laughs> right. We never question. really got an answer. So, go question well, three, uh, please. Hey, is that a problem? <laughs> No, or is that a good thing? You look at it both it's, ways. It's, the glass is either half empty or half full. <laughs> Come on, is that a good thing? Is yeah, that a good thing that there's not thing. one one player? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. It means that right. people I don't. like. I don't. Really? I think you should have. I think you just should one have. guy. Yeah, it's got to be somebody. Guy. It's one guy. <laughs> we, we really like everybody this. else because really like one I'll guy. tell you why. Because one person embodies everything for that city, for that team, for that sport. Like Jason Kelsey. There you go. Like Patrick Mahomes. If you ask this, if you ask this question in Kansas City, it's yeah. going to be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes. Who is he compared with? Travis Kelsey with all Travis those Kelsey's now. Pat Mahomes and somebody, one of the Who, Royals, Bobby Witt Jr. <laughs> no, yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> Who, whoever's on their soccer team, no, nah. It's going to be so. If you certain cities, it, there are people that embody what that city feels like it stands for. And Who the would fact be that you don't have right now, yeah, T.J. Watt. Or Sid the Kid. I think hey. it'd probably be T.J. Watt in in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. No, it's Sidney Crosby. Crosby. But he, but Sidney, but, how does Sidney Crosby? But he doesn't embody it, Pittsburgh. But he embodies. Wow. But, but mm. most likable is probably Sidney he's Crosby. won championships yeah. there. Trust me. But there we is an just answer. There. Oh, I'm sure he's immensely and popular. Crosby but. is the most likable. Yeah. Like he's liked. Like people love him. He can yeah. do no wrong. I was referring to like the embodiment of he is, like Jason he, Kelsey yeah. would embody what Philadelphia fans I, are I all think, about. I think Sydney would embody Pittsburgh. Okay, in the, listen, in the, in Sydney the was guys, part of the group of players that turned that franchise yeah, around. You were. When Sid the Kid got there, <laughs> when Sidney Crosby got there, that franchise was yeah, almost mm. out the door. I think sure. it's Mitch Keller. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's why they extended him. Who's got the big deal? <laughs> It's Mitchy. It's Mitchy baseball. <laughs> no, Sidney Crosby. That makes sense. That's a, Jamie. Take it easy Look, over there. Carrie said it. Both of you. Take it easy. I, I think in Philly that. though, you could also, you could also throw Bryce Harper in there too. There yeah, you go. That's true. So we don't have one here. That's problematic. <laughs> Back to the original point. <laughs> Got several here, Gary. <laughs> See, it's all know. how you look at it. <laughs> That's problematic. Spin here. rate. <laughs> Exit right. velo. Oh, sorry. Uh, we get to one question in our sports six pack. Why don't we do the other five yeah. next? I want to ESPN. Two days in a row now. Yeah, it is. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. 
It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. So uh, we're under we're underachievers here in the Fastlane, as listeners often know. We got through one of the questions in the Sports Six Pack. So why don't we get to the uh, the other five, or at least attempt to? Question two, please. Question number two. Just making sure. Nailed it. From the two one seven. <laughs> what is the next boneheaded thing Major League Baseball does? Oh, great wow. question. Great well, question. Well, they got the uniforms I'll take yep, care they of. Got the, um, Jamie, you were out for a segment uh, it, for what's trending earlier today, but I said that this was the worst offseason Major League Baseball has had in quite a while. You've got a top-heavy league. The Dodgers stole all the headlines. you still got three premium free agents that have not been signed, and you just started spring training games yesterday. The uniforms are a freaking joke. <clears throat> this is an awful offseason. So what would be the next thing? Hmm not doing anything about the uniforms that would be one that would be one although they might be so far along in the process here as it looks as it turns out apparently some teams are still not don't even have their actual uniforms yet so they're using like the cardinals have been wearing their road grays for the whole time because their white ones Hmm. haven't come in yet that's (laughs) well there you go The, the, the uniforms don't even come in yeah. So the the Cleveland Guardians, and I couldn't tell you who who the players were, but if you look at the stripe on their sleeves, there's two guys standing right next to each other, and the piping on the sleeve is completely different. It's a joke. One's a skinny stripe, the other one is like a different material on the actual How like you think sleeve, and it's a tell me saved. One. <laughs> tell me you don't care without telling me you don't care. Uh, they don't that's, care. What, that's what you dress your uniform. Yeah. This, this is a professional league. Yeah. It's it's just tough when you go from traditional companies that know what they're doing to a brand new company that creates apparel not in-game right, stuff right right cool. and the nhl they're about to go through the same thing mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. deal with adidas and all it's up and mm. the next next customer fanatics oh, so i can't up. wait to see the see-through blues jerseys next year oh, yeah. mm. not great not do you think fanatics <laughs> do you think they'll uh you think they'll forget the fighting strap? Oh, they might as well. Who cares now? <laughs> the fighting strap. <laughs> How many guys are using that anymore? Question number three. Well, speaking of hockey from the 314, what did you guys think of Patrick Waugh pulling the goalie early in the third period last night? So, just to give it more background, yeah. I won't, I'll hold my answer until the end, but background on this. Patrick Waugh did that... The first time he was a coach in the NHL with the Colorado Avalanche in the second period, time, <laughs> yeah, pulled his goalie, and it worked. Did it work? Yeah, well, they scored like two goals, got himself back in the game, put the goalie back in, and went from there. So, Anthony, what did you think of the move? I liked it because it was uh, it was outside of the box. I mean, if you're going to get back into that game, you got to you got to do it early enough in the period. You try to win the game, right? Herm Edwards style. You you play the game to win. So what they were down they were down three at that point, right? Because the because of the Buchnevich empty netter gave yes. him the hat trick to make it four. Yep. You're down three goals. Yeah. How are you going to get back in it if you if you don't pull the goaltender early? Now, if you score on that and it's three one, maybe you could put the the, the goaltender back in. Try to play five on five for a couple of minutes, and then and then pull the goalie again. Be aggressive. Why not? We see this a lot in the playoffs. Why do you say? Why, why would you save that strategy in the playoffs when your season's on the line, as opposed to even a regular season game when you're down three, and you still have at least ten minutes to go? I like the out of the box thinking. Seemed seems strange, but see, it I only mean, seems strange because care we haven't it seen did, it. It a didn't lot. work outside of the box. Yeah, it's kind of like you know. 
the the same thing we were talking about with Kyrie. If it works, good. If it doesn't, what the hell are you doing? Like, if Kyrie makes that pass to Bujanavich and he misses, why didn't you shoot it? If they get back into the game, that's a hell of a decision. And, but when they give up an empty netter with 10 minutes left, you're like, that was dumb. I like it. <laughs> it made sense. Like, four on four was, you know, that's what it was. And then mm-hmm. you get the extra guy out there. It's technically a power play. Yeah. But the Blues did a good job special teams last night, and that's why it really the didn't PK work. The PK unit was great. So the way I look at it is <clears throat> I like to move. And for several reasons, the number one reason you scratched on it just a bit there, Marshy, mm-hmm. yeah. is if you were throwing really get in there it um it puts you up five on four and the other team can't ice the puck they're not allowed because it's technically a four on four so it's not like a penalty kill where the other team can just start firing the puck down the ice for your open net Mm -hmm. they can't it's an icing call if they do that your power play had eight high danger chances up to that point in the hockey game you hadn't scored yet because of jordan bennington Mm -hmm. but you created eight high danger chances which means your power play was finding opportunities to score so why not put your team back on a power play? You make the game 3-1, and now you can go and battle mm-hmm. for it for the rest of the game and then maybe pull the goalie again if you need Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Well, they could have because it was 4-on-4, four four, and so if they score, it remains 4-on-4. Four four. Yeah, you could have held onto the power play for the full two minutes rather than score one and you're done. Mm-hmm. You score one, pull the goalie again, you go score another one on the power play. I, at that point, I just I think that Patrick Waugh was looking at you know what's the difference. If they score, it's we're out of it anyways at three right. nothing. With with ten minutes left in the game, three goals is a lot. That's a hefty mountain to climb. And if it's four, it doesn't matter. Right. I, I even said on the broadcast. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again. Because what's the difference between four, <laughs> four and five? five? Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter at that point. It, it's not like the team that loses by by the least amount does better. It doesn't matter. You're trying to win the hockey game. Right. So I liked the move. I thought it was aggressive. I thought that it was thinking outside the box. Um, you know, and, and again, and so one of our texters from the 618 said, he got fired for ish like that last time. Laughing my, you know what, off. No, he never got fired. I think he quit. Yeah, he left the avalanche. He After he won the Jack Adams trophy for coach of the year, mind you. He left the Avalanche for personal reasons, whatever it was. Don't know what happened there. Went back to the junior team that he owned and coached that team to two more championships under his supervision. So it is competitive, intense thoughts like that that do sometimes make the best coaches. In that moment, I like to move. Marsh, Hmm. details in an investigation matter. All the time. Could be the difference between someone living and dying. Exactly. Question number four. Yeah, very important question here from Gator in the Snake Pit. What is the best Girl Scout cookie and why? Samoas are hard to beat. I'm right there with you. That's my personal favorite. Yeah, the Thin Mint is the OG. What about that new caramel thing that Ryder gave you yesterday, Marshall? Oh, the Adventure Fools? It was all right. It was okay. What did I have? Samoas are the best. What did I order the other day? Um, The peanut butter... I, I can't remember. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That's the ones. Yeah, the peanut butter. Tagalongs? Peanut butter, oh, Tagalongs. Is it Tagalongs? Yeah, I think it's Tagalongs. I don't know. Mm. I don't know the name of them. I just know the box. I know they taste They taste good. Is it the red box? The orange box. Orange box? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I'm not sure. Dosey Do's. Oh, oh Dosey Do's. Mm. Okay. What yeah. What color is that box? It's orange, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Am I not? Am I- <laughs> I think the I think the tagalongs tagalongs are red. Yeah. 
Mm. Okay. Some of those are know. purple. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You... Yeah, I'll never mistake that one. I've got the purple box. Absolutely recognize it every time. That's yep. the smallest, and I crush mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I've got uh, five or six Girl Scout cookie boxes on my dining room <laughs> table right now that need to go out. Oh, yeah. You, didn't you? Some don't of we, you are yeah, going to get some. Yeah. yeah, we need some. The yeah. dosey dose. Yep. That's, that's it. That's like, it. The dosey dose. You can't beat a dosey dose at the square dance. Yeah. Mm. Thin mints, though, you put those in the freezer. I mean, they're solid. Or the refrigerator. They're frozen. like chocolate. Frozen mint, thin mints. Well said, Jamie. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Was that the adventureful? Is that what Ryder brought in here yesterday? Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. that was. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that's okay. It's like a brownie one, mm-hmm. but it's not. Doesn't really taste like a brownie. I've tried them all. So missed the mark, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it did. <laughs> Question four, number five. Five. Please. Five. All right. <laughs> nice. Uh, from the six one eight, I like to know. What site Anthony looks at for Major League Baseball stats? Every time he says Newt Bar has good stats, I go to Baseball Reference and dive in, thinking something has changed. But every time I'm left wondering what Anthony is talking about. What statistics do you want? Go to Fangraphs. The ones I like to use, WRC+. You're talking about how many how many runs you create, whether you're, you're actually getting an RBI or you're hitting a home run or you're hitting a double. How many? How how good are you at creating runs for your team? Well, it's your favorite for sure. It is. I've heard about it for four years. OPS now. plus is solid too. Well, it's a good it, look. It's a good overall statistic, Jamie, and it's park adjusted. It's not like batting average. I didn't say batting average was great. Why is not? Why is batting average not okay? Well, they don't adjust for the park. Batting average is also. Uh, I mean, is it adjust for the pitcher? No, <laughs> doesn't adjust for anything. Anthony doesn't care about the triple crown. That's what I heard. <laughs> Doesn't I, believe in it. Doesn't believe. No, I think. Uh, look, triple the, to win the triple crown. I mean, you're talking about the Kentucky Derby, the Belmonts. No, 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 no. It is a tough one. <laughs> it's a, it's a, sure. a real tough Absolutely. one. I mean, for you went a while without Freakness. winning the the Freakness. Of course, the, it, it, you went a while without winning the triple crown. I respect that more than most. I respect that crown more than most crowns, mm. including the royal crown, because that's easy to get what? or give up. What, what about crown? <laughs> Crown Royal is different. I like Crown Royal. Hey, see? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, where, where can we get some Crown Royal? Oh, they have all sorts of things available, but mostly the Crown Royal. They get the Crown Apple. They got all the good stuff over there at Dirt Cheap. Mm. Let's get dirty. Let's get dirty. Yeah. Go to Fangraphs. I like I like Fangraphs. If you're going to Baseball Not Reference. Not for Crown Royal. Don't go to Fangraphs. No, 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 no they no. won't have them there. You'll be, be disappointed. for quite a while. Yeah. No, but if you're going to like baseball reference and just looking up uh, batting average, then Lars probably won't be impressive. In fact, most Major League Baseball players not named Luis Arise will be disappointing from uh, a batting average standpoint. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's jump back into uh, the Cardinals. We got them, I know we got at least one mic drop. We asked you if the Cardinals feel as though that they, they have solved the problem of the Cardinal way by bringing in some former Cardinals players. Was that actually the main problem, though? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
505, your time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Carrie Davis and Anthony Stolzer. We had posed the question to you, the listener, earlier today. What is the problem with the Cardinals? They seem to think that one of the biggest problems was that they have lost the Cardinal way. It's why you bring back Lance Lynn. It's why you bring back Matt Carpenter. It's why you bring in guys, you know, steady veterans like Sonny Gray and Kyle Gibson. Problem solved. The the other issue, though, Jamie, is if they didn't actually <laughs> solve the problem. They did. They that, added pitchers. That's the quickest way uh, to and not. And relievers. And yeah. relievers, yeah. Lots of arms. Yeah. Yep. Balls and vitamins they got. Ready to roll. Mm. Right, Marsh? Yeah. They're good. They're What's good your place. problem with the Cardinals? I don't know what his problem is. He doesn't like the Cardinals. What is the problem so with the Cardinals? Nervous. What's the problem with the Cardinals? Nothing yet. They're championship bound. It's spring training. I honestly don't see anything oh, wrong boy. with the Cardinals. <laughs> I just got the glasses. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with the Cardinals. That's because you know you're wearing those glasses. Marshy, I'm going to task you with something because you're really good at this stuff. Because only our Air Alliance team cameras can pick up when Carrie puts on the Cardinals oh, glasses. Oh, yeah, we need like a Our a listeners jingle. driving around don't hmm. necessarily know. So we either need uh, something, a sounder that, I got it. that lets people know that they're on or just a little jingle in the background that plays the entire time he's wearing the glasses. I, I don't know why, but I kind of want the NFL draft theme. <laughs> the, uh, you know, when they're like, yeah. I honestly oh. don't see anything wrong with the Cardinals. Like the pick is in? Yeah. Oh, the yeah, pick yeah. is in. But that is a, what do you think that is, a xylophone that they're playing on I that one? I don't know. You all, you all aren't seeing what I'm seeing. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. You never could help yourself as a kid, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, get you those got those little it. toy <laughs> xylophones, and you're like, like, bam, 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 bam. They're like, just do the whole swipe. Of course. Yep. Or piano. We're good. Always. All right. All right, go ahead. You got then. that jingle? Or that no, sounder? I'm, st- I'm still working, working on it. it. Oh, okay. Come on, Andy. Anyways, let's get to some mic drops. Right. Here's, here's sweet voice, James. <laughs> Take them off, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Save them. Hey, boys. Uh, I do believe that the problem is the culture inside the clubhouse where you're not having each other's back and you're throwing each other under the bus. And, you know, we could sit here and say that Arenado and and Goldie and some of these veterans are leaders, but Arenado hasn't won anywhere. I mean, all he's won are, you know, personal awards like, you know, gold gloves and been in the MVP voting. He's never, he's never been successful in the postseason. Hell, he's barely made it to the postseason. You know, Goldie made it to the postseason with the Cardinals in 2019 and that, that team kind of seemed to fall off. I mean, they made it, what, two years ago and, you know, due to Ryan Helsley not being able to pitch through a finger issue. I mean, it seems like this team is just really soft. There's no leadership. Uh, and, you know, I think bringing back Lance Lynn, and we saw when he pitched here before, he can be pretty salty. And I, I, maybe that's what this team needs is, you know, maybe no more lollipops and sunshine and a little bit of sandpaper and grit. Thanks, boys. Have a great weekend. You too, James. So there is somebody that said, that, yeah, the problem is likely – or one of the problems is, is the culture. I don't disagree with that. I don't think you're going to solve that in one offseason, though. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the issue. You have to reestablish the culture. That takes time. Yeah. I, you know, we talked about when I was on the opening drive, we, we watched, obviously, all the games and talked about them. And a lot of the teams around the league had themes 
for their dugout celebrations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Angels had like the samurai hat and uh, the the Mariners had some. All the teams the had, Tigers had, 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 had tried it. They, they, yeah. they all the Cardinals had a Tigers flip had ball. a hockey net. Yeah, they would hand the guy a stick. He'd go and shoot a puck. And yeah, it. like oh, cool. they were having fun. The Cardinals had a McDonald's burger flip phone. It didn't have. It didn't seem like. That. What's the meaning? I don't, they, they were dialing Honestly, up home that's, runs. That's one of the more. That's one of the more Cardinals things. I think you're going to see. Is that an homage to uh, the Big world? Mac? No, the world famous video game Burger Time. No, it was just a burger phone, and they were world, calling their shots. I don't know what that is. I don't. Yeah, I don't you know. Don't remember what, Burger Time? No, I don't remember. Do you remember that, that either? Oh my God, guys! It's a video game? Yeah, Atari made it Burger Time. It was awesome. <laughs> I thought wow. that's a, you know an homage to that because it's such a well-known game. Uh, Apparently I don't think not. So. Yeah. You can Google it. It's real. I, I believe it's real. Yeah. So having fun, being—I mean, that might seem like a small thing, but I'm sure you know your teams you played on. There were certain things, inside jokes that you know during games or or in practice that you would laugh Here, and joke I'm about. Let you in on one. Hey, let okay. me know. What'd you got? I don't know if this is safe for radio, so we're going to find out. <laughs> Here we go. So if everybody, if anybody's ever seen the movie Pulp Fiction, okay, yeah. and they say, bring out the gimp. You know, the gimp is wearing a certain kind of mask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's leather. It's got the buckles. It's mm-hmm. certain purposes behind it. Sure. So a teammate of mine and myself walked into a store. We were in Carolina in the minors before the Hurricanes had a team. This is a long time ago. The Carolina Monarchs, they were called. Mm. Walked into this certain store to sell certain things. And I walked up to the counter and said, Hey, where's your leather masks? Guy was reading a book, didn't even bat an eyelash. Far right corner. <laughs> He's got it. He knows so the store. We bought a mask and uh, made it a thing after that. So instead of the hard hat after the game, player the player of the game or the player that blocked a shot or got in a big fight, got to wear the mask. I think that's. And uh, Jimmy Roberts was our coach, and Jimmy Roberts added the cat call to it because we were the Worcester Ice Cats. Ah. So you had to get down on all fours (laughs) (laughs) with the mask on and do your best cat call, your best Mm. roar. Did guys stop playing playing well after that? No, Anthony, see, the the funny thing happened. Guys played harder because they wanted to do it. Yeah. Guys that come in after and you'd pick a guy and another guy be pissed off that he didn't get a chance to do it. <laughs> Carried over to the next year. Did it. Greg Gilbert, who was a teammate of mine here in, in St. Louis, became the head coach. There was a game where we needed to win the game for Gibby to be the all-star coach. Well, we won the game, and when we come in, Gibby walks in and he goes... Give me the mask! <laughs> he put on the mask and got down, and he gave us a roar, baby. <laughs> so when you're talking about these fun things the, that just evolve. It evolves. Yeah. It transforms and a teammates team. teammates that I still have from back then yes. will come up and ask me, you still got the mask? <laughs> Guess what? I still got the mask. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, See? so the burger phone probably didn't have the same. It's been repurposed. <laughs> I almost missed that. <laughs> I almost but kept you, talking. You should. I think the team has to have fun, like, especially baseball. You got 162 games, man. You can't have fun when you're getting your brains beat in. Well, though. you don't have. You don't. You don't. That's when a good point. <laughs> well, this fair. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. This year, I the Cardinals will not block, get their brains beat perfect. in. They will actually be a team of purpose. They will have a presence. And they will beat up on opposing teams. They are, this is Cardinals LLC, and we focus 
on how to win games here. And you know what we did? We went out and got three starters. One, two, not one, not two, but three. Mm. And we added to the bullpen. These guys are ready to roll. Our Jordan Walker, he's going to be great in right field. He's got a year under his belt. <laughs> Mason Wynn got a few games under his belt last year. He's going to be ready, rocking and rolling in shortstop. He's going to make plays you've never seen with your own two eyes. You understand what I'm saying? You will be so surprised at how well this young man plays. These guys, Nolan Arenado, is going to have one of the best games seasons he's ever had. Okay? Yes. He was third a couple of years ago. Look at him. Number numero uno. MVP voting. And we will. 90-plus games. There you have it. You heard it here first. All right. Wow. <laughs> and the glasses are off. That, um, that is amazing. That's good stuff. That's great. I mean, yeah. what do you say to that? I'm yeah. convinced. That's what I say. <laughs> I'm all in you now. You believe yeah. it. I'm, I do. I feel you it. You should. Yep. Mm. Yep. <laughs> mm. Well, that's cute. Hey, when you look good, you play good. And the and Cardinals are going to look good this year. And they're see-through pants. And they're see-through pants. They might look better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get back into the Blues. <laughs> they won a big game last night. Still more, though, Jamie. Still more that they could do leading up to the trade deadline. How does this? How does Doug Armstrong attack this deadline based on the next, what is it, five games, Jamie? How many games still the deadline? Seven. 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 Seven's the number. Seven. Seven in a rainbow, too. Seven colors yeah, in a rainbow, a not five. Seven. Taste the rainbow. Skittles. Skittles. Seven <laughs> games Fire until Lancer. the trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the Blues next. Don't want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Seven games left until the NHL trade deadline. Seven games for the Blues, I should say. So, Jamie, if they go, walk, walk us through scenarios here. If they ha- if they go four and three, if they go five and two, if they go six and one, if they go seven and zero, oh, and then the That'd flip nice. side, yeah, it would certainly seven be nice. Would be nice. Anthony. I like to. I like what, what you're you, predicting. What do you think the cutoff is for for Doug Armstrong to be a little aggressive at the deadline? If you go three and four, and you're your competition around you go like five and two. Okay. So like, and not even the competition. For me, it just comes down to the Predators and the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. As of right now, nobody else has really made a big push from the bottom tier. Like they're only three points back, but nobody's really taken like a run at it here. Yeah. And they, they're kind of in the same boat to where they'll win a game, lose a game. Win two, lose two. Win two, lose three. Like, right. The blue season, but wearing different jerseys. Mm-hmm. And so if the Predators go five and two and you go three and four, that's a really bad swing. LA Kings, same thing. LA's already ahead of you by, I believe, four points in the standings. So if those two teams create a gap that's that big, and maybe there's a team behind you that catches, and all of a sudden you're not even the third spot, you're in the fourth spot in the wild card, I think that changes the direction of where the team's going to go. I think you look at that and go, okay, we were a playoff team. I don't know if we are now. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe that changes their thought process on a player like Pavel Buchnevich or 
even an Oscar Sundquist or a Marco Scandella. Because teams will call and people will want those players. Now, what will they want to give up? I mean, that's to be determined. It, it depends on what kind of value they think that player brings to their team. And it also depends on where that team is in the standings and what their playoff contentions are. Like if they're in the playoffs, are they a favorite to win? Are they a contender? Yeah. That's kind of where I, the way I look at it. Well, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's just depending upon what they do it down this stretch. And we've said it all season long, but it, it's probably the most truest now that this stretch of games will tell the tale of what they decide to do at the deadline. And, you know, if you have if you repeat the success of what you did last night, you got a really good chance of being a good team and, and making a playoff push and maybe keeping the team intact. But as Jamie said, if you are unable to put together games like you did last night, if Bennington has an off night and you give up that many opportunities and he does not stand on his head and gives up some goals and you lose games like that, then, you know, you may come down, come down to a decision where you have to make a, t- a tough decision. And, and decisions like that are never easy, right? It's not easy for the people making them. It's, not for the, it's easy for the players that are being moved or have to move. Nobody on the team wants to see their, their friends leave. And then you all, you kind of go back to what happened with, with Craig Berube. People start to feel like, man, we let our teammate down. We let our coach down. We didn't perform well enough to keep this guy around. And therefore, you know, it's going to be a different, it's, it's a transition in this team. And this team won't look the same at the trade deadline. And it won't look the same at uh, the beginning of next season. I just can't see the Blues falling out of playoff contention. I mean, maybe I'm naive in, th- in thinking it, it couldn't happen, but we talk about them being inconsistent. They've all they they really have avoided a lot of the long losing streaks too. They haven't had a long winning streak outside of what the five games right right before yeah, the NHL they deadline had a five losses. or the All Yeah, but they haven't they, they haven't piled up. You we, yeah. last year, remember it was like they won. They won six in a row, then they lose seven in a row, mm-hmm. and then that was that. That, that was you you saw the wild stretches of really bad play. They'll only go on average two or three games before they turn it around. Look at this past this past three game stretch. You you did not play well against Nashville. You were a corpse on Monday against Toronto, and then you showed up last night and you shut out the Islanders. Four nothing, and I know they they didn't have their best game. There were still areas, but man, I mean, Bennington stood on his head. Pavel Buchnevich had a, a hat trick. Jordan Cairo played extremely well. You beat you beat that team up last night. Yeah. So they had they don't really go more than two or three games before you see another solid effort. Well, we love to see them get on a ten game winning streak, of course. But uh, to my other point, I don't think I don't think the Blues are going to really fall apart before the deadline here. Well, n- no, but. You have to worry about the Predators. What's your problem? Well, my, I don't have a problem, except the Predators are currently right, on a three-game yeah. winning streak, yeah. and their, la- their last three games were 5-2 against the Blues. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights 5-3, and then they beat the LA Kings 4-1. The but Kings are struggling, and so are the Golden Knights. But here's where the problem lies. They're not. Their next game's against the Sharks, then they play the Ducks, then they play the Senators, then they play the Wild. So they have their next four games are against non-playoff teams. And then if we go, if we move the needle just a little bit further, they have Montreal and Buffalo and Colorado. So Colorado is the only game between now and the trade deadline that the Predators are going to play a playoff team. Colorado has struggled. A little bit, but let's just say they lose that one. Yeah. So that's one, two, three. Doing some quick math here as I try and flip the screens. Four, five, six, seven. seven. So they have seven games just like the Blues. 
and they honestly have a chance to go six and one. That's like, where uh, I get worried. Yeah, I, I guess my biggest thing is I don't like your attitude. I also I don't really care. <laughs> hey, and you <laughs> never have liked my attitude. Mm-mm. You don't like anybody's attitude but your own, and yours sucks. <laughs> Anthony remembers though the Predators gave up. I like it. <laughs> a three goal lead to the Senators before. Yeah, yeah oh, juicy Soros yeah. there. The juice couldn't keep the, the puck out of the net, even You're though right. they gave, they handed him a three three uh, goal lead. You're absolutely right, Marsh. Thanks for bringing that back right. up. Right. I just I'm bringing up um, a scenario to which makes it difficult for the Blues, which is why they have to keep winning. If you keep winning, you keep pace, and then if you if you go four and three, and the Predators go five and two, you're still right there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I do. If you go three and four, and they go six and one, I don't like that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go five and two. All right. Good. I'm in. Do right. it. Deal. Finally, Starts tomorrow. Positive. You said it. Huh? I'm the one talking about the Blues. I said you said it. Rolling. Yeah, yeah and I said he, you're, he, you're the one bringing up Nashville and well, their he, schedule he and all. Oh, look who they're playing. They were going to win the, the Stanley Cup this year, so you have to respect what he said. But I just said you're being positive, and I, I appreciated that. Now you're all upset. <laughs> you gaslight me. I'm not. <laughs> you said, finally, you're being positive. For oh, once. I don't believe I said it like that. Oh, I. It's what I said. I heard it. And how you heard it, mm-hmm. Anthony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been told tone matters. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. You should know. Uh, we Big, all do. Biggest, <laughs> biggest question of the day next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Time for the biggest question of the of the uh, the day here on 101 ESPN. I almost said game. It's a game to us. Sure. Yeah. Four hours. Marsh, what do you got? Game, Anthony. Bring your A game. Damn right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we got a question earlier from the Air Comfort Service text line. We were talking about Major League Baseball and all the dumb things that they've been doing. How can Major League Baseball, though, improve their product, not only from an on-field standpoint, but from off the field when it comes to you know the blackout restrictions, just everything that encapsulates baseball right now? Like, How can this league become relevant again compared to the other leagues? Well, I think the streaming would help. The, the non-blackouts, if they do go to a streaming service, so for, if, if for example, if the Cardinals, if you have to have Amazon Prime to get your Cardinals games, I don't think people would 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 push back on having a subscription for Amazon Prime as long as they can see the Cardinals. Where you run into issues is when you get the MLB package because you can't get, you know, Bally Sports or whatever, and then you get blacked out because of the, the MLB restrictions. So that, the streaming service, I think, could, could solve a, a lot of issues. There would be, in my opinion, and people will disagree with this and we'll never see it happen, but in my opinion, you want to improve your game, implement a salary cap and a salary floor. I know, it'll never happen. I get it. But if you do that, you will force more parity into the sport. And I realize that a lot of people don't like the NFL or say they don't like the NFL because it's too watered down. Jamie, I don't know if you experienced that in hockey a lot. Carrie, I know you follow the NBA, but I, I hear it a lot in the NFL. It, it, it's too watered down. You're missing it, though. You're missing the point. Me, as a as a, a fan of, of a crap Falcons team, I was still watching, thinking my crap team could still make the playoffs 17, 16, 17 weeks in. 
other franchises, fan bases can say the same thing. Even if you're not a Chiefs fan, your team still has an opportunity because there's a cap that's in place and your team, most teams spend, spend to the cap. The Pittsburgh Pirates have no shot. The Cincinnati Reds have no shot. Hell, every, every team in the NL Central doesn't have a shot to win. Most of the teams in the NL West don't. Two, at least two of the teams in the NL East don't. I don't leave the American League out of it. You get the point. You don't have enough eyeballs on your product deep into a 162-game season. So I think involving a cap and having more parity would solve a lot of the issues, in my opinion, with Major League Baseball. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. Um, the problem that you have, and I had a conversation with Bill DeWitt the third to one day, and he just said there's no inspiration for some of the lower-tiered teams to spend money. Right. There's not in the current climate. In the current climate, there's yeah. no inspiration because the other teams pay the freight for them. Yep. With the revenue sharing and, and all that stuff, those teams that are crappy are making money by being crappy. And so a lot of those owners aren't baseball enthusiasts. They're businessmen. And so they don't care. Like Pittsburgh Pirates, like it doesn't care if they win. Right. But his bank book cares that they make money. And so I, I think that a salary cap and a salary floor, certainly the floor, would force some of these lesser teams to spend, obviously, up to whatever the floor is. And we had it in hockey. I and I don't necessarily like the salary cap for the NHL, um, but it did help push some of the lesser teams to have to spend a certain dollar amount. And I will say that on a yearly basis, the NHL is pretty competitive for playoff spots up until the final week of the season you have some movement whereas before and i played on one of these teams i played for the red wings we had a 95 million dollar payroll back in 2003 mm -hmm. so think about that you know mm -hmm. the salary caps at 89 right now we had a 95 million dollar payroll right and some of the teams had like 35 million yeah so imagine that there was no parity there we were kicking the snot out of those teams right as well you should have as yeah we should we better have um not just because of the money but because of the players we had too and obviously that goes with the money yeah so i i would agree with what you're saying anthony i mean i think they tried right they they banned the shift they put a pitch clock in they mm -hmm. made bases bigger all of those things were implemented in my opinion the the shift being banned for more hits the bases being bigger with the hopes of having more stolen bases and more activity on the base pass. And obviously the timer, because you couldn't change the channel in between pitches for two minutes and get back and it's still a two-one count. Anything. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So they have tried to implement rules to help get the casual fan more engaged in baseball. I think baseball is kind of just a, a sport. Either you love it or you don't. And some people just but the league, though, because well, I, I love I, I love the sport. I, I I understand, but I don't know what else the league can do in terms of. I don't know that a, a salary cap making it more, having more parity is going to make the casual fan watch. Yeah, but if it makes my a team casual, is in it. Yeah, I care. You think it makes so? a casual yes. fan. Let's say we're fans in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that or Pittsburgh. We'll use that because we're familiar with that. Right. And, and you being a former Steelers player, mm -hmm. you're, you're now let's say you retired in Pittsburgh. You love the sport of baseball, right? But your team sucks every year because yeah, they're not forced right. 
but wouldn't it be fun? And I'm not saying they automatically grabs you back, yeah. but wouldn't it be fun if now that team was forced to spend some money and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a buzz. The Pirates, maybe they squeak into a wild card two years down the road and now you're like, hey, let's go to a game, honey. Yeah. You know, right. like all of a sudden, because your team doesn't suck anymore, right. you maybe want to watch some of them. And bit. because your team is in it deeper into the year, what are you? What else are you attention. doing? You're paying more attention. Yeah. You're paying more attention to the league. More, I, we we say, oh, Major League Baseball doesn't market their players. If if I'm not watching, you can market the hell out of somebody. If I'm not watching because my team isn't in it, you're gonna. Who cares? Right. But if Bryce Harper comes to town late, I'm a Pittsburgh Pirate fan. Harper and the Phillies come in, and the Pirates are, are a wild card team. Now I'm watching Bryce Harper. Wow, that that's interesting. Phillies make the playoffs, Pirates don't. Well, you know what? I kind of liked watching Bryce Harper play. I'll watch him. I think your team has got to be in it. It's it's what we it's it's what we root for as fans. Or do more teams need more superstars so other teams can go? You just mentioned Bryce Harper, right? Yeah. That's because the Phillies have multiple superstars, so that people are in more my... inclined to right. go see them. If you play like the <coughs> name a name a team that no one cares about, the Rockies. Yeah, the Rockies come to town, and you're the Pirates, right? Mm-hmm. How many people are going to go to that game? It's not like you get up Nobody. and you're like, I want to go see. Right. Yeah. As who? much as we complain about Thursday night football games in the NFL, we all watch. Oh, that's a bad matchup. You're tuned in. And a lot of that has to do with fantasy football and gambling. I'm not looking, I'm not overlooking that aspect of it, but we're still tuned in. You have to have more eyeballs on your, on your sport and your league. That's, that's my opinion. So if you get a cap in place, the other thing too, I'll be real quick on this. There's no strategy to this. The Phillies have no strategy. Mm-hmm. It's who's available, who can we who can we get to Philadelphia? We're paying the most. What's the strategy behind that? You know, it used to be in like in other we're seeing this in other sports. It's like, okay, we don't have the roster to compete necessarily with the top teams. But what if we implement a strategy that's different? We see a lot of NFL teams, so you know what, we're gonna start pounding the rock again. Everybody's spread out. Defenses are, are smaller now, smaller and faster to, to, to defend the pass. Let's start running the ball now. We don't have this. We don't have the roster, but we're gonna we're gonna run forty times. We're gonna keep the, keep the game close and try to win it. That's at least a strategy. There's no strategy in baseball at this point. Uh, Dodgers, Dodgers would get get everybody humanly possible. <laughs> yeah, because the, we the strategy is just put the guys on the field, right? Uh, I hear what you're saying. This isn't like something that would completely change and make people want to watch the game, but do you think Major League Baseball should have a rule where you can actually trade draft picks? Yes. Because we look at the NBA, Yeah, the but they'd have, to, they'd have to limit their draft, though, because they've got so many friggin' rounds of draft. I'll trade you a 75th rounder. Right. For, Let's like, say the first three rounds or something. Something like yeah. that, yeah. That would change a lot of... Th- it could because now you like the NHL, you could throw in a draft pick sure. or whatever and yeah. be a difference maker. Don't have to give up a prospect now, but you do have to give up a first round pick, yeah. which, like, is, which could be a prospect. Could be more moves made that, yeah. that make things just a little bit more exciting. Like, exactly. What's exciting? You're free. Let's go over this as a Major League Baseball fan. You go into the offseason, right? You have no idea when the action's actually going to start. It used to be right around the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. Now you have guys that premium free agents that are unsigned that's not good for your sport you go into the trade deadline imagine if you can if you can trade i give we have the number one overall the pirates they've got the number one pick and the number five pick number one pick and the 10th pick because they made a trade at the deadline that would be more exciting but no major league baseball they were fine with what it is because they don't care about the fan 
They just don't. They don't care about you as a fan or your viewing your viewing experience. Would you say that the owners in Major League Baseball are cheaper than the <laughs> other owners in other sports? Goes back to what Jamie said. They're not necessarily in it. Like this, like Stillman. Stillman's a hockey fan. Mm-hmm. Yes. The whole the ownership group. They all love hockey. The Oakland A's owner, clearly not a baseball fan. You you can't <laughs> you can't look at anybody and look them right in the eye and say I'm a baseball fan. You're not. You're you're in it to own the team to make profits. Okay, cool. Because Major League Baseball allows you to put a crap product on the field, and nobody says anything except for your fan base to stop showing up. So, just my thoughts. All right, we have uh, Fader Follow, and we do need a Fader Follow contestant too. So, text and fade three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. So we'll do Fader Follow. Bet the board. Three stars of the day next on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade, I'll fade. Money, 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 money. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time to play Fade or Follow. We have a new contestant, uh, Pete. What's up, Pete? Not much. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing well. So have you heard Fade or Follow? Do you know how it works? Yes, I do. All right, perfect. So we're going to have you play. You just tell us whether or not you want to Fade or Follow us. We were talking about this in a break. Tomorrow, the Toronto Maple Leafs are in Colorado. Tomorrow night, it's a 6 o'clock puck drop. And with the way that Colorado has struggled and the way that Toronto has played of late, they've won eight of their last ten games. We like Toronto plus 105 to beat the Avalanche. So if you fade us, you're going to take the Avalanche to win. If you follow us, you're going to be taking the, the Maple Leafs to, to win. Would you like to fade us or follow us? Uh, I think I'm going to have to follow you guys. Yeah, Pete. Attaboy. Nice job. Pistol Pete. You made, oh, baby. You made the right call, Pete. You gotta hate the avalanche, so it's just it's, an, it's a no-brainer. It kind of works. It kind of works uh, on multiple levels. All right, Pete. Hey, good luck to you. We'll be rooting for the Maple Leafs, and hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. All right, thank you. If Pete wins, he's going to get fifty dollars of FanDuel's money and come back next week to try to win another fifty bones. I like that. Absolutely. Time to bet the board. Okay. Marsh, do you have our latest standings? I do. Carrie is leading ah. nine to six over Anthony, who's eight and seven. Ah. Jamie's at six and nine. Mm-hmm. Makes you sense. You like that though. Uh, yeah, I do. And I am four eleven. You won last night then. No. <laughs> no, lost? I had the over in the blues uh oh, game. that's right. Yeah, so it was six and a half, yeah. right? Or five and a half. It was at six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, so. or six yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Waugh. Give or take. And the you got skunked. They score. The you had the Panthers, right? Yeah. Yeah, they lost. In the last ten seconds of the yeah, game. Yeah, but they but they scored a I thought they scored it was a goal. Offside. Yeah, they scored they had scored a goal yeah. with three minutes left, but they got called offside. And it then was. they allowed the uh the goal late. Horrible. Carrie, you had the Warriors, though. Yeah. You're all over like the 20. Warriors. Yep. Not and, tonight, though. And I had the Blues. Not tonight. But not tonight. Tonight. Anyway, okay. 12 point, 12 and a half. Now, you can play tomorrow as well. That's cool. Nah. All right. What do you got, Carrie? I'm going to go with the Suns, who are minus three. Oh, actually, I'm going to go to Moneyline. It just changed. Minus 148 over the Houston Rockets. Ooh. Just Pe- changed as we are speaking. People knew. It was 152. Mm. That you and were now taking. it's 148. Moneyline. 
Okay, so you get the Suns money line tonight against yes. two. Houston? Against Houston. Yes, sir. All right, boys, remember uh, a couple days ago I said there, uh, there it doesn't make sense that Duke is you know, <laughs> only a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Miami, and yep. I'm just going to get cute and take Miami, and they got steamrolled. I'm going to take Duke plus two-and-a-half tomorrow at Wake Forest. Right. That line doesn't make sense either, but I'm actually going to take Duke tomorrow. So give me Duke plus the two-and-a-half tomorrow afternoon against ACC foe Wake. Jamie. I'm going right to where we just went with the fader follow. I had Toronto Maple Leafs over the Avalanche. I love it. They're plus 102. Love it. Marshy Marsh. I'm going to go with um, Anthony Edwards to have over 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assist against the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Right. There you go. Go and play your prop. Criticisms, compliments, Marsh. Well, we got to get right into the three stars of the day. Give it to us. All right. Our third star of the day goes to the Burger Phone. Yeah. Congratulations okay. to the Burger yeah. Phone. Not from last I don't year. think they deserved it, but that's Probably okay. Probably shouldn't bring it back this year. Yeah, they didn't use it very much. Mm. They, didn't. Oh. they did not. They did, did not. they? Hmm. Our second star of the day goes to Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Can't wait for those. Dosey dos. Those are great. Samoas. Know about them. And our first star of the day was between S.E. Hinton, who is a woman, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> and Roy G. Biv. Oh, Roy G. Biv. We got to give it to Roy. <laughs> Roy G. Biv. G. Biv. Yeah, Roy G. Biv. No Roy go. G. Biv. You know there are seven. Seven colors, colors in, the in the rainbow. Not five. Jamie, you're going to remember that now, the Roy G. Biv. No, I probably won't. <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough. But I'll remember there's seven. There you go. Because it'd be seven minute abs, not yes. six. That's exactly why That's I the don't number. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> what about six? No, no, seven's the number. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Don't forget tomorrow, the Blues and the Red Wings, we have it. Uh, we have the coverage for you starting with the 10 a.m. pregame right here on 101 ESPN. We'll have the game for you on the Blues Radio Network. Thank you for listening all week or watching on the Airlines t- uh, the YouTube channel. We appreciate you. For Andrew Marsh, Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.